And now, introducing the man who was disappointed that his decision to play in the G League last season didn't produce his desired results, as while not only did he not get drafted, there was not a single team who called him as an undrafted free agent, as he only realized later that he, quote, joined the wrong league and wasted all my G-strings, unquote. In attempts to recoup value from the Dodgers winning back-to-back -back World Series, his first order of business was to convince them and after acquiring two such high-profile Nationals players, they would owe the Orioles 66% of their media rights in perpetuity. He is Glenn Clark. Too much sportsing. Too much, too much, just too much sportsing. Got a lot to cover. Good morning, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Friday edition of the program. Lots of sportsing happening. So much that I couldn't even watch the best episode of The Wire, or my favorite episode of The Wire. Mm, well, it'll always be there. It's <laughs> not. They're <laughs> no. not going to delete it. They pulled it. No, they don't do that. That's <laughs> not the way it works. Omar testifying against Gant. Oh, okay. All right. That's a good one. That's not a bad episode. I don't disagree with that. Uh, lots to do. Today's show brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair, and you can meet. Stars, past, present, and future in Baltimore football. Lenny Moore, Hollywood Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, and so much more. Get your tickets. There is a ticket, $350, that will allow you to meet pictures and autographs with all 10 during the Maryland State Fair. Get your tickets right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com. Get your tickets for the Purple Takeover. Coming up this morning, we're going to chat with uh, St. Sanzi Gabba. She was, of course, at the Orioles game the other night, throwing the first pitch, and then that magical moment after Trey Mancini hit the home run. We'll talk to her about that. Also coming up this morning, we are going to chat with Kyle Burnovich from the Bowie Bay Sox. He has been hot of late, was getting a lot of attention, a uh, top pitching prospect we will chat with Kyle Burnovich and Mike Garofolo from NFL Network will check in with us a little bit later on he's going to be uh, live at Ravens camp tomorrow as NFL Network's going to do a day-long training camp special he'll tell us a little bit more about that and uh, some thoughts about where the Ravens are as the uh, training camp gets underway so that's all to come on the program I also like to do a definitive power rankings today but it's going to depend on time so I'll talk to you more about that in a minute because at the top Lots of sports. I don't Breaking even know. Breaking news also. Oh, what's that? Trade from the Orioles. Oh, yeah? According to Rockabotko. Yeah. Uh, let's just say Wander Franco is going to be in an Orioles uniform. Yeah, I don't think that's. After they've yeah, shipped uh, 8.55 ERA reliever Sean Armstrong. Ah, big one. Big one. Yeah, he's headed to the Rays. Great. Okay. So, now. We've maybe done you can get that. a couple dollars. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. The Orioles uh, lost last night. It is what it is. Uh, some people are bothered at me. I, I, this is the way that sports work. I, I'm not. I don't begrudge the Dodgers in any way from going and getting good baseball players. For you have next to nothing. Yeah, you have every right to do that. But I have to hate you. That's the nature of sports. Like that's the way it works. Otherwise, why are you a sports fan? I understand why. By the way, uh, Chris DeShiel can't join us today. He's going to join us next week. Um, but like I understand Dash. You He's know, just drunk the whole day from yeah, the Dodgers yeah, trades. Well, you know? I understand him being mad at me for saying that you have to hate the Dodgers because he loves the Dodgers. But there's other people, there are, there's, there's other jamokes that are like, I wish the Orioles would be like that. Yeah, I do too. But understand, we're not talking about the Orioles. We're talking about somebody else. And in a, this is the nature of fandom. 
when one team keeps getting all the players, you have no choice but to hate them. You can set it aside and say, look, I'm glad it's not the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, fine, you can do that, but I have to hate them. That's the way it works. I'm otherwise, not rooting for them. Otherwise, why are you a sports fan? What is the point, what is the purpose of being a sports fan if you're just going to root for the team or be indifferent towards the team that gets all the good players? Ballpark food. Okay, there is that. I guess you're right. But are you going to Dodgers games? Are you going to get a Dodger do- no. dog? A Dodger dog? A Dodger doy? I don't know how you would say I, I kind of want it to be. I had some dogs last night. Okay, so uh, were they Dodger doys? Technically, no. They were not. So Hebrew national. Ah, those are I, actually the Dodger doys might be Hebrew nationals. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think so. Uh, no, they're ma- they're what are they? They are actually. I did know this at one point. What is a a Dodger dog? Is a. Uh, so we have an intern for Delaney. You should let him Google yeah, this. Yeah, you get you get on that. Find out what a what kind of hot dog a Dodger dog is. It's the only reason we have interns is to find out about Dodger dogs. Farmer you know? Farmer John. Farmer John. Wait, really? Yeah, that's what it is. Farmer John. Farmer yeah. Zach was yeah, the one. Yeah, that was, it's always <laughs> bargain. It's not, but what was it really? Because remember, they, it was a real commercial that yeah. aired in Detroit oh, I don't for another, that. it's always savings time. That was, the, yeah. it was, yeah. it might be Farmer Jack and they turned it to Farmer Zach. Could be. It, that might be what it was. Yeah, it was not as sexy. Oh, it wasn't. Oh my it, God, know? that song was really sexy. Anyway, um, you have to hate the Dodgers. It's just the way it goes. Sorry, you know, no offense to any of the guys that might be good guys on that roster, but you have no choice. What's you there to hate, to hate about a $276 million dollar? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you love about sports. It's the way it works. You have to hate them. Plus, they, they hurt my Padres, so uh, it's the way it goes. Weird bit. Is it sure, we are saying that Scherzer bit. just didn't want to play in San Diego? I don't know what it was exactly because Ken that, would make, that would make yeah. no sense if that was the case. Maybe he just really hates Machado. Maybe that's what it is. Apparently, I don't know. It seemed to hit a homer off him once. Okay. Not Scherzer, of course. Right. No. No. Danny was pitching one day for fun. Yeah. I don't know, man. Really weird bit, but that's what it is. He's going uh, with Trey Turner to the Dodgers. Um, uh, Anthony Rizzo is headed to the Yankees, and I feel like there was one other one. Schwarber to the Sox. Yeah. Schwarber to the Red Sox. Yep. Was the other big one last night. We will see how the rest of the day. Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox. Not quite as significant, but, you know, sure, that did happen. So you expect Story Um, will probably get traded. They don't. The dereliction of duty. And John Gray, too, maybe. um, What did that get you? Like a top 400 prospect with the way this is going (laughs) right now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I really am not sure. The, the, uh, I saw that they were getting both Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. I was like, this yeah, is Yeah, must be a lot. All-time yeah, right? trade. They're like, you're two decent prospects <laughs> yeah. and two mid. I'm like, what? Like, what? what the hell? What? That doesn't seem like it. Uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, so we'll monitor that throughout the course of the day, obviously, if the Orioles do end up trading maybe one of these relievers. But, again, it's not, it's not going to be significant no matter what. Um, unless there's something surprising that occurs. Maybe they just really like Sean Armstrong, you know? Yeah, maybe. Watch I'm him be the best reliever in baseball for the second half of the year. Might very well be the, the case. The Rays are might, like, you guys yeah. were using him wrong. 100% could prove <laughs> to be the case. Uh, congratulations in particular to Santi Aldama. Uh, Loyola, uh, not, I guess not. A, I guess he's an alum. He's just not a graduate yet. Former Loyola, Loyola star. No, he's an, you're an alum if you went there. You, okay. you didn't have to graduate in order to be an alum. So that's the only way you're an alumni, huh? Yeah, that's a fact. Well, except for high school. Um, actually, technically, I do have a. Uh, it's a long story. Never mind. I'm not getting into this. Um, so, congratulations to him. He goes at the end of the first round of the Good NBA stuff. draft. So he Utah? certainly. Uh, no, he, it was uh, Memphis is trading for him. Okay. 
So he's going to be in Memphis. Be maybe some minutes there. They uh, traded away Valanchunas, so like the bigs there. I mean, they did get back Stephen Adams, so yeah, it's not as if they're thin. I, but we'll see. You know, we'll it's see. cool. But yes, it's very cool. Uh, the first ever first round pick in Loyola basketball history, which is very cool, and the second player ever to be drafted out of Loyola. But the first ever first round pick. That's awesome. Congratulations to Santi Aldama. Uh, the bar. We're right. Just a couple dollars. Cash considerations for Sean Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Baltimore native Isaiah Todd went one pick later. He was the 31st overall pick, but the first pick of the second round. He goes just down south to the Wizards. So that's where he will begin his NBA career. And Aaron Wiggins did hear his name called. It got, it got hairy there um, as he was hanging on the board until late, but he goes to Oklahoma City with the 55th pick in the draft. Congratulations to all of them. Tark signed with the Pistons. Yep, Anthony Tark was not drafted out of Coppin State, but he will begin his uh, pursuit of an NBA career after he signed with the Detroit Pistons following the draft. There's going to be opportunity there, you know? Maybe. We'll see. I mean, and like, they've it's got some interesting it's also It's also difficult because these teams sign a lot of guys. Sure. Like, it's just, and there's very few roster spots that are actually available. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers we'll crossed. But uh, I root for uh, all those guys, three of whom were drafted. Congratulations to them. And we'll look to catch up with them. Um, the guys we haven't had a chance to chat with uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks as they begin their pro careers. Uh, so there was that. Uh, a high drama, of course, is uh, some Cade Kuning. He went first, which was a big surprise for a lot of people. Nobody saw that. Scotty Barnes' fourth was minorly surprising, but, I mean, people thought Suggs maybe was the guy. He went one pick later, so it's not like. So there's that. They are going to do that bit where they actually, you know, have the team that's getting the player announce it and yeah it's hat. a really bad it's it's one of the worst things about the i mean the nba draft it's, it's i think it's the worst thing it's definite well the worst thing is that like the truth is that very few people know who these players are beyond like the second or third guy that's Fair. the that's the but that's not something that the nba can necessarily fix no they can't internally fix right. it in any way but it's it's particularly difficult like i can't and it might just be that they put on an ABC last night because you were up against the Olympics, and you're like, "Hell, we're going to lose tonight anyway." We well, might I was really excited to see the kid from Blackish. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was what you were living for. Um, that might be all they were really doing there, saying, "Ah, the hell with it." But like, you can put the NFL draft on ABC because these are these are stars. These are people that people know. Um, the NBA draft, it is not the case. You mm-hmm. know the first couple of names, and then. Every now and then a guy comes off the board. You're like, oh, yeah, I was watching him in the NCAA tournament, and that's about it. Yep. It is, uh, it is a difficult watch for those reasons, except for the most ardent of ardent basketball fans. Or if you're just specifically watching for your team to learn, who is this guy that my team just drafted? I know nothing about him. Wizards drafted a handsome fella. Mm, good for them. I don't care. The Gonzaga guy? Uh, oh, Corey Kispert. Yeah. yeah, they did draft Corey Kispert. Who apparently took some glamour shots recently, and uh, he's a handsome fellow, Glenn. He's a good-looking guy. I don't disagree. Don't with don't under, don't downplay it. He's good. What are, I just <laughs> agreed with you, Kyle. I don't know if you remember that. I agreed. He's a good-looking fellow. Uh, so uh, there's the NBA draft, uh, Olympic stuff. Uh, I stayed in the car until penalty kicks were over. High drama. The U.S. does advance, defeating the Netherlands. In the quarterfinals of the women's soccer tournament, it was a 2-2 game through 120 minutes. Lots of goals waved off for offsides. Tons of goals waved off for offsides. 94th minute. Uh, well, that wasn't the only one. There were two more in extra time after that. There were three extra time goals that were waved off for, ex- uh, for offsides on, on either side. One for uh, the Netherlands, two for the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has now had 
during during four matches, nine goals caught off for offsides. Is that a lot? Four matches. It is a lot. It goes back to my. You know what they should do? What's that? I would simply be on sides. Yeah, that's a good idea. It goes back to like the thing that I talk about all the time in soccer, where like offsides is supposed to be regulatory, and it's turned into punitive because we have these rules are rules, Glenn. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Really appreciate that. Um, I, 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 it bothers me, but nobody in soccer appears to care, so it's it's not going to change. It is what it is, as the kids like to say. Um, so it will continue to be that case. A stunner overnight in tennis. Novak Djokovic loses to Alex Zverev in three sets, which sucks, not because I'm a Djokovic fan, because Alex Zverev sucks, because he's just not a good person. Um, Argument that Djokovic isn't a great person either, right? It's not a comparison. Really? No. The ag- the ag- there's no comparison here. I'm going to defer yeah. to you yeah. here. There is no comparison yeah. here. The allegations that have been made against Alex Zverev are really bad. Novak Criminal. Djokovic... Yeah, Novak Djokovic is someone who has a... Arguably an anti-vaxxer. And and it's not even... He's got a complicated relationship with science and has made mistakes. Science. But he's not a a psychopath. No, no. He's just got a complicated relationship. He's just not as likable as Nadal and Federer. Uh, That's also unfair, too. Really? That's that's been... Part of the reason why that's believed to be true is just because he's not those guys. He's not people, as sexy. People were bothered by the fact that these guys were dominating tennis and this other guy came along. With Dolan Federer, they're all hips and nips, and then Joker comes that. along, he's there so is, bony. There is that. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> um, but truly, I mean, a true stunner. Now, that being said, as I tried to talk about, we talked about it on Courts of Thunder, in a three-set tournament, it is easier for something like this to happen. That's the way it goes. Defeating Novak Djokovic in five sets is unbelievably difficult. Beating him in three sets is really tough. It's why he's the only player in history that has won all of the Masters tournaments, and in fact, he's won them all twice, and no one else has won them all once. Um, he's difficult to beat any time, but easier to defeat in three sets than in five. Wait, if nobody remember, else has the Grand Slam in one year? Nobody, doesn't, no, Roger Federer has won all four, right? But in his career, uh, yes. Oh, okay. You but mean you're, calendar? I'm, no, I'm talking about Masters events. Masters series events on the tennis tour, the 1,000-level events. Uh, events like Cincinnati and Monte Carlo. Those oh, the ones are the, that I don't know what they are. Yes, correct. Those, okay. are the, those are the events where everybody goes and plays. They get all the same players that play at the Grand Slams. It's just a three-set tournament instead of being a five-set mm-hmm. tournament. Okay. So he's won every single one of them at least twice. Okay. No one else has won all of those tournaments in their career. Interesting. This is th- and this is why it's so absurd to, that we were waiting for Novak Djokovic to win twenty grand. That's why I kept trying to explain to everybody Novak Djokovic had already clinched being the greatest player of all time well before he got the twenty grand slams. He was by far the greatest player of all time. Uh, I say by far by an amount. Mm-hmm. It's not really by far. That's unfair. By the time he finishes, perhaps. Oh, by the time he finishes, it's yeah. almost certain that it's going to be by far. Um, but he, it is more likely to happen in a three set scenario, and particularly in a tournament like this. That's truncated. A lot of those Master Series events go over the span of 10 days or so to allow a couple more off days. The Olympics, you were playing every flipping day, and a lot of these guys were also playing doubles because there's a limit to how many uh, players a country can bring. So if they want to have a doubles team, they've got to have... Djokovic, though, right? Yeah, Djokovic was playing mixed doubles. Who do you play with? Uh, I don't even remember her name. i got to be honest with you. And they might even still be alive. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. Well, they're both alive. Thank you, Kyle. Really, that's a dynamite, dynamite observation on your yeah. part. Um, so he's out. He's in the bronze medal match now, um, whereas it'll be Karen Hatchinoff and Alexander Zverev playing for the gold. Zverev will be a significant um, favorite for that one. I, I said this, if you listen to the most recent episode of Courts of Thunder, it does not 
change. There, there was a little bit of a house money situation here for Novak Djokovic. If he won the gold, he had the chance to call it the Golden Slam, which Steffi Graf did in 88. No men's player has ever done. That would have been neat. really cool and really neat. As far as whether it really mattered or not, not significant. If he wins the U.S. Open, it's the greatest year in the history of tennis, bar none. It's not debatable. Has anyone ever done that for me? Uh, it's been a very – it did not happen in your lifetime. In fact, nobody's won the first three in our lifetime. That has not occurred. In our lifetime. In my lifetime. You know, I'm older than you. Nobody's won the first three. You know, you're going to be 38 this of the year. year. Thank you. You're right. I appreciate the reminder, <laughs> by the way, pal. Feeling really good about that. Um, so it – it does not really matter. It just would have been sort of icing, uh, you know, more extra icing on top of the cake. Um, and so that's a bummer for him. It's a bummer for Serbia, uh, obviously. But it doesn't really matter if he wins the U.S. Open. There is no, yeah, buddy didn't win the Olympics. That's not a thing. It just would have been really cool for him to be able to say that he had done the Golden Slam. Instead, he will just go for the calendar year Grand Slam, which is still patently absurd if he ends up pulling it off. We will see how that goes and how this affects him. Zverev dominated him. After he got Djokovic won the first set, Zverev dominated from there. Won 6-1 in the third. I mean, it was an ass-kicking in the third set. But, again, three sets, playing every day, all of those things, factors. It's been bloody hot in Tokyo. All of those things, significant factors. We will see if that ends up mattering by the time we get to the U.S. Open. And I feel like there was one other thing that was on my list, but um, I don't remember what it was. Beautiful. Oh, uh, Russell Westbrook, right. He goes to the Lakers. Good so, luck. You know, uh, Interesting to see how that all plays out. No idea how it all plays out. I mean, like for, to, to his credit, he does a lot of other things. No doubt. Like, and he's, people say he's best when, you know, the lane... They're, Lane is not like they have Anthony Davis who should demand attention. Yep. LeBron James, of course, should demand attention. So arguably, there should be lanes. And to drive. it's been proven how unselfish LeBron James is capable of being, and almost to a point where times it can be detrimental. Right, where LeBron James shows significant deference to. I still don't his know teammates. that it. I don't. If I were the GM of the Lakers, I don't know that I wouldn't have preferred Buddy Heald. That's a fair question, right? Like, is his skill set and being a more Spacing consistent the floor shooter and all you know, that? You know, and like I. I might, I might join you in making that argument. Westbrook's certainly offers a little bit more as an all-around player. No doubt. Um, but, but they I, don't. You know, I like hear LeBron you. and Anthony Davis, they don't necessarily need rebounding as much. Not necessarily. I um, get it. You need, it's good to have rebounders and all yes, that. Yes, correct. And, and, and particularly a crashing, someone who flies in to mm -hmm. get rebounds, not someone who a has high to. high-energy player. Yep. And, you know, it'll just be interesting to see oh, if I that agree. meshes. It'll be, it'll be completely interesting to see how that works with Russell Westbrook. All right, so I think that's I think that's the list. I think that's all the major significant things that were happening. Um, can we take a break, or do we need to? Yeah, go okay, for it. Let's take a break. Today's show brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Our friend Sansi Gabba is going to join us. Uh, magical night uh, out of the ballpark this week. We will talk to her about that and more. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it 
Watch out. For the first time, the PGA Tours FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Ace Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to Timonium Fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are are available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, S, memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Yeah, I did want to talk a little about the Gold Cup. We'll get into that uh, here in a few minutes. But before we do that, it is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Um, was sort of a magical night at the ballpark the other night as um, one year after we lost the great Mo Gabba Uh, The Orioles had our next guest come out and throw the first pitch, and then wouldn't you know it, Mo's buddy Trey Mancini smacks a home run, and um, it's just one of those things that gives you goosebumps. Joining us now, she's uh, our friend and um, one of the most powerful people, one of the strongest people I've ever known, 
Um, it's always great to welcome St. Sanzi Gabba back to GCR. Sanzi, it's Glenn. It's so good to talk to you. I can only imagine how tough this week has been. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Well, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me on. Um, you have seen a lot of powerful things um, and a lot of things that will just leave the average person sort of shaking their head and, and, and thinking about uh, things that are bigger than them. Um, on, on this day, and I can only imagine how difficult it was, can you put into words what these moments were like for you, being back at the ballpark around the guys and, and having Trey step up and, and, and hit a home run like that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was bittersweet because, I mean, every time I would go to the ballpark, I was going with Mo. So this is my second time to the ballpark without him. And I had a feeling they were going to do that and had Trey be my catcher from the first pitch. So it, just, it meant a lot. It had me really emotional. As you can clearly see, I was crying on the mountain. But, yeah, it was, it was really emotional because I, I miss him. I miss Mo so much. I, I mean, I can only imagine, Sansi. I can only imagine how much that's true. The, the moment at where, where Trey came back out to say hello to you after the home run, I, I, I noticed you kind of shaking your head. Was, it, was there almost like an amount of, of, of course he did? Like, of course all of this going on, Trey would hit a home run, and did it make you feel like maybe Mo was perhaps involved with that? I moment? feel like Mo, yeah, I feel like Mo was, yeah, Mo was definitely there because he, Mo, like I, like since Mo has passed, it's certain things that have been happening. I'm like, yeah, Mo, Mo did that. Yeah, right. And like that's, <laughs> I think we all felt the same thing. Like, oh, of course, of course, Mo made sure that Trey hit yeah. a home run the night. Of course, that's the case. Yeah, of course and that's it was, it was awesome. Um, can, can you, you know, like put into words what, what the the Orioles have meant to you? I, you know, this is it's such an unbearable tragedy, right? Like, it's such an, an yeah. unfair thing for you to have to go through, Sanzi. Can you describe? You know, I we all saw you being there and, and seeing Moe's Rose at the football stadium. The the what what this community has done to try to keep Moe's memory alive. Can you put that into words what it's meant to you? It means honestly, it means the world to me because I wouldn't I could never imagine I could ever call Orioles and a Ravens family and just embracing my son and still keeping his memory alive even after his passing. It means everything to me. Sansi Gabba is with us here on Glen Clark Radio after a magical night at the ballpark the other night. Um, how, how nervous were you about the pitch? We, we saw you went with underhand. Had you practiced at all? Going the I other... didn't practice. Okay. No. <laughs> so it was always going to be underhand? It was the play? <laughs> yeah, because I know if I were trying to throw overhand, it would probably go on, like, Way, way left. Would, yeah, yeah. Trey would have to go run and catch that thing. But I was like, you know, underhand would be like more sure that we would go straight down. So. You didn't want to redo like the 50 cent first pitch from a few years ago that no. lived in infamy <laughs> on the internet. You didn't need that to be the case. Sanzi, when when do you um, when do you feel like Mo the most? When you know, like what in your life? When are the moments where you're like, yep, he's here. He's 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 present. I feel him right now. Every time. We, I hear Coldplay, Viva La Vida. Okay. I know. Wow. That was like, yeah, that was his song. And it's the most random thing because even when, like, I'm with, when I'm with his teacher, Miss um, Leach, yep. every time we're together, that song just randomly comes on. 
every single time. That's that's oh man, <laughs> that you just made the hair of my arm stand up. That's <laughs> uh, Lynn Leach, of course, is is who Sansi's referring to, who a lot of us got to know, and that that's really unbelievable, right? Like, do you guys have a moment where you look at each other like, oh, of course, like of course? Yeah, because because we're we're fine. We're sitting there laughing and giggling and talking. And then the song comes on, we just look at each other and start crying. Oh, like, okay, oh, little oh. man, we got it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just it's his way of saying hello, right? Like, it, it is. It really is. It's his way of saying hello. Sanzi, have you had a, a moment to like reflect at all? I, you know, like th- there's two different things. There's obviously the overwhelming, you know, sadness that that you have felt in your life in losing your son. And then, yeah. as we've talked about before, there's the power of how much your son meant to all of us in this community. Have you been able to spend a moment reflecting on that after seeing it so overwhelmingly over the course of the last year? Honestly, well, thanks to Facebook, I relive it every day. <laughs> That's a- yeah, because it's constant, it's constant memories every single day, so I'm constantly reliving it, and then I'll, I'll share a memory, and it was like, your son meant this to me and I was going through this certain situation and just remembering how strong Mo was and how he didn't let the cancer, whatever he was going through, keep him down. Yeah, just tell, like little comments like that say how much how much of an inspiration is I, I see it every day. Yeah. I mean I, I you know it's really cra- I feel it. I feel it every day. And I didn't know him nearly <laughs> as well as you did. I feel yeah. it every day. It's unbelievable to me. Um, you know, who, who are the guys, you know, athlete wise, who are the guys that, that have continued to reach out to you and, and, and it's meant the most to you that they've continued to, to try to, to keep most, I, I guess Trey is probably at the top of this list. Yeah, Trey and Adam, yeah. Adam Jones, always yeah. from Japan. I mean, that's, that, awesome. that, that painting really blew me away. That, that, yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. Oh, that, that blew my mind. I gotta be honest with you. That really blew my mind. I gotta tell you, Sanzi, and, 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 and we're gonna, I got a couple of dates to run by it to have you come up. My, my sons never, you know, they met Mo the one night, right? And then you gave them yeah. this, there was one, I mean, the, the gifts that you gave them were so unbelievable. And they talk about it all the time. They I'm talk about, oh, they talk about Mo like he was on the team, you know, like that's, that's what it means to them. And they, you know, and they were little and they barely knew him and they talk about him. It's like he was a player on the team. That's how much it means to them. It's, it's, it's unbelievable when we, when we talk about it. Are you, are you okay going to, like, you know, you say you dealt with it. Like, are, are you able to just go to games in the future? Or is it still tough for you? Like if, if it, somebody it's said. It's still hard. It's still hard with my fiance. It was like, we need to go. We just need to go because Mo would love us to go to the ball games a lot more. But just it's just weird. It's kind of it's kind of weird because I'm so used to going with him. Yep, I understand that. And, yeah, I understand that. So like, if somebody called and said, "Hey, would you want to go to a game on Wednesday night?" You it'd be tough for you. You'd be like, "I I don't know. I don't know. I I I completely get that." Um, you 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 clearly you know seem you seem to have a lot of fun while you were there, right? Like, were you able? To, to enjoy being at the game, knowing all of the emotions that were going on. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, especially because I had, you know, my extended family with me, and I have others making me laugh over crazy stuff. So that it helped me enjoy it, keep, <laughs> keep my mind off of it, because that whole, like, the whole week has been emotional, and yeah, just the memories and all the things I've been seeing, all the memories from July in itself. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, that's a good point because obviously the the like the big Mo show was just before then, right? Like, yeah. And that there were a lot of people his, became a lieutenant. Yeah. And, and all the like all the memories and 
everything on if you Google his name, everything I found on on YouTube. I'm like, goodness gracious. I, I by the way, uh, when we were at when we were at Sansi's house last December, she let the boys put on Moe's Lieutenant stuff, and I I <laughs> I lost it. Like I lost, I had to walk away. I was like, oh my god, I can't do this right now. I cannot yeah. do this. Um, but but it, it speaks the testament, and I've told you this before. The way that you were willing to share and continue to be willing to share, Mo, right? Like, dis- despite him being your son, you've been so open and willing to share him with everyone. And I, I imagine that wasn't always easy for you, right? Like, I imagine that that didn't come. You know, I think famously, you've talked a lot about. It. You had no idea that he was calling into radio shows and doing all that stuff. But no, I didn't. But... You, you seem so willing to be willing to share him with everybody. Yeah, because now that, I, well, it's not even now, but once I learned out how much of an impact he had on people, I was like, why not? I, so, I mean, he's sharing his story, and just turned, like his thing was it's turning someone's frown upside down. Uh, uh, and he, any way he could do it, he, w- he would be able to do it. And the entire... He, did, he didn't want people to worry about him. He was more so worried about everybody else. Constantly. Never wanted anybody to worry no, about ever. him. Even when he was having his worst days. Didn't want people to worry about him. And the whole country got to see it on ESPN and NFL Network and, you know, yeah. Emmy winner. Like, my word. My word. Oh, my gosh. Um, that, and yeah, that was crazy. You mentioned uh, your fiancé uh, publicly. Congratulations. I know it's been Thank a couple you. months and we talked a little bit. Uh, that's awesome. That's incredible. And I know how much he loved Mo, too, correct? Yeah, he loved, yeah. That's, he loved Mo so much. That's so special. That's so special, Sanzi. It's such a special yeah, it's, thing. It's funny because he's not even a, a big baseball fan, but he's like, you know what? We're going for our boy. Oh. We're we'll going and support our boy. So, oh. okay, oh. we'll do that. <laughs> you're going to make, make me cry now. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're, not, we're not crying. Right, we're not right. crying we're today. Not, it's Friday. We're not, we're not crying. We're not doing that. Thank you. We're not doing that. It's not <laughs> happening. Uh, I did get a message from someone, not direct with the Orioles, but kind of around the Orioles that said, we're thinking we might need to have Sanzi out for every game moving forward because she might just be the good luck charm, and that might be the oh, way man. that it is. Um, I mean, they did come back and get a pretty dramatic win the night that you were there. You, there might yeah. be, there might be something there where, like, if you're there, Mo's there, and they obviously can't lose when Mo's there. So, like, <laughs> there, there might be something to the idea that you really are a good luck charm, Sanzi. Well, that's what my name means. Is that really? No, it, I didn't, yeah, it's really what my name means. I never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that. Well, then, okay. Yeah, my name means good luck charm, and Mo's name means gift from the heart. Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's decided. You're going to have to be at every game moving forward. It's the way Deal. it's going to have to be. <laughs> Um, Sanzi, I, 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 I got to tell you, like baseball is a long season, and you know the team's not. It's been a struggle this year, right? And so, yeah. seeing that the other night, that was about as as mad as about as much joy as I think Orioles fans are going to experience this season. And I'm sure you felt that from a lot of people. It was it was truly special to have you there Thank and you. have it all play out that way. I'm a, I'm gonna send you a so text. I, I don't know what your next couple of Friday nights look like, but um, we're gonna have you up one of these next couple of Friday nights to have you at our house for dinner, and I'll send you a text about that. All right. I all right. Will, thank you so much. I'll reach out. Love you. Uh, Love al- you too, man. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you, Sanzi. Of course. Thank you for having me on air. You guys have a nice weekend. You too, Sanzi Gabba. Oh, I love her. It's tough to have those conversations. It is really tough. Man, but um, 
What a, what a moment. Like, what a moment that was. And, uh, you know, it's just it's baseball season's a slog. It it goes on forever, especially when your team's not any good. Well, and it's also um, just about life. Like and and every now and then you get a moment where you're like, "Yep, this is this is cool. This is really really cool." Two years she has to go to every game. Yeah, when they're when they're good <laughs> again, when they're yeah right, when they're good again, yeah that uh, that might have to be the case. Man, I lo- I love Sanzi so much and so happy for his. Um, you know, I, I met her fiance a little bit back and. Um, it's just awesome. It's just awesome the way that... Uh, she deserves all the happiness in the world. Yes, 1,000%. Continue... Uh, you know, I've, I've said this before. Please continue to love on Sansi. This was her son. You know, it's he meant a lot to all of us, but... Well, if he meant a lot to you... Yeah, imagine. Right. Imagine what he meant. And that doesn't go away. That That pain never, ever, ever goes away. Please continue to love on Sansi. Just send her a note. She's she's probably you know she doesn't hide on Facebook. You can send her a note there and just say tell her a story about what Mo meant to you. All of that. Please continue to love on her uh, moving forward. And um, she, I, I'll what she did. We we went down for dinner um, in December. I just wanted to to take her. Um, uh, the copy of, uh, we had framed uh, a copy of the, the, the tray year. cover, which oh, was our okay. first Mo. G- I mean, we had done that obviously yeah, the year yeah, before yeah, we yeah, done yeah. when Mo was with us. Yeah. Um, but with Trey, that cover and it being the Mo Gabba Sports Person sure. of the Year, I just wanted to take it to her. And so, my family and I went down for dinner. And as soon as she saw my boys, she was like, "Well, we're gonna go back and play with Mo stuff." <laughs> and I. Yeah, it was really tough for me. That was really, like, I was overwhelmed. And she literally was giving them things. She said, look, these are Mo's things. I want you to have them. And just thinking about it makes me, I mean, like, she's like, oh, here's a here's a autographed Mark Andrews football. You can, I just want you to have it. I'm like, what? Yeah. I, man, I'm like, no, I can't. She's like, no, I want, I, you don't understand. I really, like, man, yeah. man. Man, uh, I love her. I love her, and I am so grateful that she uh, shared her son with all of us and um, continues to do that for his legacy, what it does for our hearts. It's, um, it is in- incredibly powerful stuff. All right. Um, not easy to transition. No. Not easy to transition. Probably should have saved there. that first break, huh? Yeah, maybe. I guess we might <laughs> might do two early breaks today. <laughs> might be the way that it goes. Just a... Uh, Move things around a little bit. Hey, have you heard that the top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour are coming to Baltimore and Caves Valley Country Club? Have you heard that? I did. Did you hear about this, huh? Did you hear about this? They'll be competing in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley. Secure your tickets right now by going to bmwchampionship.com. All right, I will attempt to push forward. Uh, yeah, the only other thing that I want to talk about was the Gold Cup last night. It will be a U.S.-Mexico final. It was Harry for the U.S. Is Cutter good? Like, are they good? They're I mean, the Asian champions. Like, they clearly have stepped up. there. struggle to understand the Concacaf. Well, they invite. Geographical. It's not. Ge- they're not part of Concacaf. The, the the Gold Cup. They invite one other. There's always a an invite extended for the Gold Cup for one other country every time they okay. do it. And I think because Cutter is hosting the next World Cup, okay. they were the choice. I don't actually. I didn't do a lot of research on sure. that. 
Uh, but there is always one invitation to a non-CONCACAF country. To be honest with extended. you, handful of countries that I hadn't heard of participating in this tournament. Uh, like, uh, oh God, I actually bet on. I bet. I bet on uh, Guadeloupe. Yeah, one. Um, oh God, I wish I could remember who they were playing. And I was genuinely like, <laughs> "This is my life now." I'm <laughs> betting on a Guadeloupe Suriname. Yeah, that was my like a uh, uh, soccer match. That's the way that it goes. Um, the U.S. survived a penalty kick opportunity for Cutter uh, early in the second half, and then the match really turned uh, after th- it was just a clean miss. It wasn't a save; it was just a miss over the bar. Um, it was one of those things where it was an ice the kicker situation. The it was a delayed uh, penalty call okay. on the field. It was called uh, clean play, and then at the next stoppage, they went back and looked at it on VAR. They called the penalty. It was it was God. close, but it was probably the right call. Um, and then so our, like you have you have the kicker standing ready to take the free kick, and then the U.S. players and this is part of the gamesmanship of soccer tried to chirp with the officials as long as they would be allowed to in order to sort of ice the penalty taker. What got where he got screwed was his teammates got so frustrated by that that they started getting chippy and suddenly everybody's shoving each other around and now it's an additional like three minutes, four minutes before everything gets sorted out and you can finally take the penalty kick. So the dude's just standing there. It's like a free throw shooter. He's just standing there for like seven minutes thinking about the PK and ends up missing it. So I would have made it. Would you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Okay. No. Upper 90. You're an upper 90 guy? Always, yeah. every time. Sure. 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 Unfortunately, these days, I'm pushing upper 190s. That's not good news for your boy who uh, thinks he's comfortable more at 180. That's about where I want to be. want to be right about at 180. Um, not upper 190s. I was at like 191, and I was like, ah, that's not the, that's not like the number I like. Well, yeah, but you're bigger than I am. No, I, I am. That's, that's the yes. way it goes. Um, so anyway, the moral of the story being, I uh, lose some weight. Yeah, correct. I mean, I, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, trying to conv- I'm trying to convince myself that it's, pro- it's probably muscle. That's probably what oh, it yeah, is. Sure. All that muscle definitely. I've been putting on. That's definitely benching what it is. so much these yeah, days. Yeah, doing a lot of benching. So um, after the PK miss, the U.S. seized momentum back, and really everything changed the moment they finally put Eric Williamson, our guest from yeah. yesterday, into the match. Heard he played I, well. I don't really understand it's two matches in a row that he's come off the bench and like played really well. Maybe the the point is that like they want that sort of instant boost that he gives them late in the game. He's pretty young though, right? Couldn't he probably run for ninety minutes? Yeah, <laughs> I and he's really good. And well, I was twittering him and seeing what people were saying. It seemed like there was a lot of momentum. Oh, about there is a lot. Of, there's more. a lot of yeah. frustration about Eric Williamson not being on the pitch. Um, he comes in, he makes a couple nice defensive plays, and then hockey he, assist, right? He, well, yeah, you, that's what you call it. Um, he starts the push for the goal, gets forward. Um, he's an all-around midfielder. He does a little bit of everything. He's a really nice player. Great dude. Was a great guest on the show. Um, obviously, the former Terp, Eric Williamson, and he started everything that led to the uh, Jassy Zardis goal. And so they are on to the wor- the Gold Cup final against Mexico. Mexico won two one over Canada last night. So that final will be on Sunday. Mexico is better, right? Uh, this particular team is definitely better. There's no doubt about that. This is not a particularly good American team. Is but Pulisic not playing? No, they don't. They this is the, the Gold Cup is for the B team. The Gold Ooh. Cup is for the the next. Some of these guys might be on the World Cup roster, mm-hmm. but and and some of them will be for sure. Right. Some of these guys will be on the World Cup roster. But it's not the World Cup roster. The World Cup roster played in that um, that that make believe Concacaf tournament the U.S. won the little four team thing 
uh, where they beat Mexico a couple months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that was that was closer to the World Cup roster. I mean, it's not the defined World Cup roster, but that's the A team that played sure. in that thing. The Gold Cup has always been for the B team. Okay, they've always done that for the Gold Cup. So um, it's to get a look at some other guys. A lot of people think that like the 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 goalie situation might now be a, a toss up between all three of them hmm. because Turner has played really well in this tournament. Um, so there's a lot of thought that you know it was it was looking like it was a Stefan Horvath conversation. Now there's a thought that it could be all three of them in the conversation good for the World Cup. Yes, it's a good problem to have. There's yeah, no doubt about it. Tricky. Uh, as long as you solve it correctly. Correct. Yeah. Correct. As long as that ends up being, as long as the guy you end up playing being the is the right decision uh-huh. for uh, World Cup qualifying in the fall. So. Uh, there was that. It wasn't pretty, but it was another victory, and we'll see what happens against Mexico on Sunday night. I did want to do a definitive power rankings today, um, but it's really unique, and so I'm not sure that we're going to get the uh, – our microwave is out at home. Hmm. You have appliances? What's that? A kitchen appliance power ranking? No, I don't want to do a kitchen appliance power ranking. Our mi- and I forgot our microwave was out, right? Like, it was something that I knew – it happened right before we left for vacation. Okay. And then, you know, I just didn't think about it at all. For what do you use microwave for most often? Uh, the kids stuff. They like uh, mac and cheese. They like. Um, You're not a stovetop man. Oh no, they like. They really like the stupid Easy Mac. Easy Mac. They love it. They're yeah, all was, in on the Easy Mac. When I was a kid. It's, it was pretty good. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. When you're a kid, but it's not Easy as good Mac as the, is a big win. It's not as good as the shapes. Well, they have they have shapes. They have Easy Mac you know? shapes. No, you're you're living in a new. You're not living in the right world. They have Easy Mac shapes now. That's all there. They love the Easy Mac. They're all in on the stupid Easy Mac. They like Easy it Mac. better. Yes, they like it better. One hundred percent. Is it because it's quicker, or is it because they think it tastes better? It's it's they. It's like if what you they gave want. them stovetop, would they think it was Easy Mac? Uh, we have attempted this before. They know the difference. I assure you, Blind they know the difference. Test. They know the difference. They love the easy. It's, they're kids, man. This is the, this is the way it goes. I used to put crystal um, in my easy. They meth. also like. Uh, they like not meth. They prefer a microwave cheese quesadilla to a, call them, a, a stovetop quesadilla. Yeah. They prefer it that way. Well, so I that's mean, when we use the that's when we use the microwave the most. But I just it's not something that I thought of. We got back from vacation on Sunday and then I was I was gone one night. I just hadn't thought at all about the microwave, but last night after kickball, I was coming home and I was like, "Oh, we got a bunch of leftovers at home from this week, so I'm good. I don't need to to get food anywhere. I'll just have leftovers when I get home." Do we home. toast we do, like right? A convection one. Yeah, yeah, we do. We yeah, have a yeah. convection oven, and so that's that's the backup plan, that. the backup plan, the backup plan. Prefer that to the for certain things. For a pasta, not so great. I hear you. Not so great for a pasta. You could do it covered. You could do like a you foil. You can. I'm not saying it's impossible. Bit. It's just not, it's not great. Impossible. It's not impossible. Also, I don't mind cold pasta, oh, which which brings me to what I wanted to do for the definitive power rankings in relation to my microphone being out. Cold leftovers. Micro- microphone microwave. Yes, definitive power rankings of cold leftovers. I'm not opposed to a lot that's, of stuff cold. That's why I wanted to do this definitive power rankings, but we're not getting. It's a tepid hope. response so far. A little bit of a cold for response. Uh, you might say that. It's yeah. a bit of a cold response to our cold leftover question. Um, you know what I'll throw out there? Just what? for the discussion of it all. I enjoy a leftover cold thigh of chicken. I don't. I don't. I, you know what's really funny? It depends funny? if you got the crisp right for the skin the first I, time, in I, which case then I you want to do it. Probably. I don't inherently disagree. I'm a little bit torn on a couple of things. I, for example, when I was younger... Uh, I don't eat I don't eat fried chicken that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind cold fried chicken, no, me except for every now and then, you would get a cold piece a cold piece of fried chicken that internally was too cold. 
Or you have the issue where maybe it was like a extra fatty piece. Yes. And those are where it's not quite yep. as enjoyable. Yep, you would get yeah. that. That would happen a good bit. Um, but I don't mind cold fried chicken, and I certainly don't mind cold chicken Cold pies. mac and cheese is delicious. Cold mac and cheese, of course, is... Uh, I, cold spaghetti, if yeah. it wasn't over-sauced. Mm-hmm. This I'm is not a spaghetti guy. I don't, red sauce is not doesn't speak to me, for what it's worth. Yeah, you have a problem, sir. You need to well, seek yeah. help. Well, it's so. a, if, it's, if the spaghetti is about the sauce, right? Like the if, if the point of the spaghetti was the sauce... It's still fine. You can still do it, mm-hmm. but I don't love it the same way. I hear you. If the spaghetti was really about the meatballs, then I think cold, it can be quite good. Yeah. Most pastas, I think, are, are quite fine cold. I agree. Most of well, them, I think, are quite fine. Cold pasta salad, and people love those, you know? Uh, people do enjoy a good cold pasta salad. That's true. Um, John from Little Rock, or John in Little Rock, says cold meatloaf sandwiches, yeah, number sure. one. This is this goes back to the, like you don't like meatloaf. No, I I'm I, I'm fine with meatloaf. It's it's you're not you're manipulating it a bit, right? Like you're not saying cold meatloaf is number one. Your cold meatloaf is number one if you put it on a sandwich, right? Which is fine. I'm you not. Need to just put a little. That's one of the few things that I will advocate ketchup for. Meatloaf. Yes. I'm a tomato sauce man. I'm a on meatloaf. a meatloaf sandwich, yeah. I still would prefer to be tomato sauce. I was raised with ketchup sandwich. on the meatloaf. Yeah, you know, uh, we were not. We were not. I put it. I like as a kid, it, mm-hmm. you want ketchup on everything, so I would put it on there. And like my parents would be like, "You don't need ketchup. It was cooked in a lot of tomato sauce." Like, what are you doing, you psychopath? And at some point, I understood that, and I wanted to have more so- more tomato sauce for the leftover meatloaf as well. Uh, he goes number two, fried chicken. I thought pizza would be a runaway winner with this, so I said like I. I'm I'm also torn on pizza, it right? It depends on the pizza. If it's an extra cheesy pizza, then it's really good, I think. I, and this is my difficult part with everybody just says cold pizza, right? Because like you know, yeah, uh, it's delicious. It's not, not it's not not good. It, except if you really care. I think cold pizza is good if you're talking about a generic yeah, pizza. I agree. I'm not going to go when you're talking about you like know? a quality pizza. Depends. It really does depend. If it's, it, so if it's a thick enough, it's still fine. If it's a thick enough bit of cheese on there. The cheese. I, I hear you. If you have a couple it, millimeters of cheese, it's going to be good. The sauce can no longer be the star of a cold pizza. I hear you. It can't. There are so few places where the sauce is properly the star. It feels like it should be at times. I'm not disagreeing, but people be. will generally just use any old sauce. He says uh, wings are number four on his See, list. See, that's where I will differ. If I'm going to have wings, I want them to be hot, both literally and figuratively. I want them to be reheated, and because it's about, like, with stuff like that in particular, because I expect, if I'm going to have wings, I want them to be crispy, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of, like, my evaluation of them. Mm-hmm. So even if the wings came, it would be a little soggy because they were in the container, like, if they were, like, just steaming in the container a little bit when they got delivered, mm-hmm. you can bring them back to life in the toaster oven, especially if you're on the toast setting. You get the toast setting, ramp it up to, like, 450, and, and nuke those puppies for, like, Seven to eight ten yeah, minutes. They yeah. come out better than they were the night before. Yeah, I I I hear you. I mean, I don't I don't yeah. disagree with that. I don't. I'm not opposed to cold wings. This I, I trust I, me. I'll eat them if I have to. And, well, no, this is more. I'm judging. I'm making these decisions based on the. You know when you're hung like when you're hungry late at night and you go to your fridge. No, I never never done it. And you're hungry enough that you're like, I don't even want to like take the time. I don't want to waste mm-hmm. a minute and a half to throw this into the microwave. I just want food in my belly immediately. Yeah. And then you're judging what in your fridge you would grab and eat immediately. I hear you. And so, for example, 
grilled sausages very high on my list. Very tasty. Very tasty, still cold. Yeah. Very, I will, if I, I, I talk regularly about the magic of the 4th uh, of July leftovers and that bag of sausages that you're like, why did I make so many sausages? I know why, because later on the night I'm going to go to my fridge and there's going to be a magical sausage waiting there you. for me. And I don't need to bother throwing it in the microwave. In fact, I don't want it to be thrown in the microwave. You know what I do kind of like point. sometimes? Is half microwaving it. Like, not like half of the sausage, but like heating it up so it's, it's not freezing cold, like the temperature of the refrigerator, mm-hmm. but that it's lukewarm, like not even really lukewarm. Yes, but this step. defeats the purpose I'm of needing the immediate, the immediate, I, I want food, I, I want to be eating now. I, I don't want to wait any time. I want to be consuming something immediately and this is here for me and the flavor of the sausage is still quite prevalent sure. in this uh, you know capacity what the bottom one is what the worst the worst cold food the worst cold food there's one specifically that's just awful the worst cold food. tough to revive in general but when it's just cold you're you're, you're out uh, i don't i don't know what you're gonna say the worst white cold rice food is yeah I, okay you're right you're 100 right i, I mean uh, let me add the worst cold food. you know what's really fr- infuriating you're not a, a salad man the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Well, Wilts. And that's the problem, right? Like, you want to believe, hey, maybe at least a day. Well, the dressing is just, you know. Well, the dressing ruins it. Yeah. Like it, well, it, it makes it and it ruins correct, it. Correct. 100%. It's, it's no bueno at that point. From uh, David, leftover turkey when turned into a sandwich. And I and I get it. I like I, I get what you're saying. Thanksgiving um, morning, David. After. Like we're ta- that's what we're Ooh, talking about. Cold stuffing but, is up there. But most people. Cold stuffing. I. Uh, cold stuffing is quite is is good. I agree. I think the top dog of the Thanksgiving leftovers. Cold. Most people heat their leftover sandwiches up. Most people. John is warm, right about that. French warm. fries are maybe tied with white rice. Oh yeah, French fries are really bad cold. No <laughs> doubt about that. Really, really brutally bad. Most people um, heat up their their leftovers from Thanksgiving. But I think when you're talking about going to the fridge late at night. That's I why mean, I'm reaching for the stuff. For what it's worth, there's very few things. <laughs> this is the part. There's very few things late at night that I just want food that I'd say. You're right. French fries, no. It won't. They're soggy. They're, it's and just, they can be revived. Like, it's not like people, I think, assume you can't revive French fries. Yes. You toast them. Put them in the oven for a while. Yes, and they're going to be they're good. They're fine. Again. But, but they're not, you're not doing right. it cold. And with it ain't white happening. rice, the way to do that whereas, is to wet Whereas mashed potatoes, all good. You know me, though. All good here. It's, you disagree with me a lot of problem. It, you know me. You have a problem. With white rice, you can revive it by. Getting a damp paper towel, mm-hmm. bordering on wet, and putting it over the bowl when you microwave it to re-steam it. Sure, but that's not what we're talking about here. I'm just trying to give you a we're little. We're trying tip. to do cold food. Trying to give you a we're doing cold food. Trying to help you out. John is convinced that sausages should actually be the number one on his list. You I, know what's good? It's number one for me. Cold general chows. I, I would say cold. Um, Low main as well. I would say cold any capacity of cold chicken fingers or chicken like nugget sure. yeah. like that any capacity of that works you. more to me than wings do. Like I, I if I had my kids regularly get chicken fingers somewhere yeah. and at the end of the night Well they're not there's nothing really there's no way to make them bad. That's correct. Yeah. And that's the point. So like at the end of the night, if like for example we drizzled a bunch of barbecue sauce over the chicken fingers at the restaurant and I go back to the fridge and I see these chicken fingers waiting in there, I'm like, Well, I'll have a chicken fincher. I'll have one here, and it's quite good cold. I think the distinction with wings, they're fine, but you're never going to eat more than three wings. Nick Kelly says, wings came to mind when up in the Buffalo region. I always make sure to have extra wings for the next day, and I don't mind them cold at all. I will have a drive-by wing. 
when it's cold, you know? Open the fridge, grab one, and walk away. Yeah. If I'm planning on having more yeah, oh, than definitely. two or three. But, that, but I feel like that is the judgment by which we're making the having this conversation. Like, I, I ate a lot of cold pasta last night because I was just totally fine with it being cold. Mm-hmm. I was utterly fine. Like, we had a bunch of leftover pasta, and I was like, you know what? I'm totally fine with this. I'm just going to go ahead and eat it cold. I put some hot sauce over it. I didn't need I didn't need it warmed up. I hear you. But rarely are you eating an entire cold meal. That's very rare that you're doing that. That has to be unique but to my circumstances. But there's some things where you just eat a crap ton of it when it's cold because you're there and you enjoy it, right? Like... If I'm if I'm in that space, yeah, and I, I treat to, wings to that a, point. I could have multiple cold chicken finchers. I absolutely. If my if my boys left like four yeah. chicken finchers on the plate, like you I might have intentions I could, of only eating a little bit. Yeah, I could one hundred percent. Whereas I wouldn't do that with wings. Right. You're not wrong. About I want to respect the art of it. You know, respect the art. I like that. I like that. Uh, Dave says, Glenn. Of course, pizza is the answer. People literally eat it for breakfast. I. I hear you saying that, Dave. I think it's the dumb person answer. I think it's the, I didn't really think this through, and when I associate cold food, I associate with pizza, so I'm just going to take the easy way out. I tend to agree that it doesn't need to be a sort of your run-of-the-mill pizza. Like, if you go to uh, Shaq's Pizza... Like, you know, yeah, his joint, like, and that's where you're getting your pizza Never from. Been, by the way. I it, know that is a thing, right, isn't it? No, it's, he's the spokesperson for a large pizza chain. Ah, right? yes, yes, he is. If you go, if you I go. he's like the part owner of it now. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I think, mean, he's, I think like, he's, he's, yes, Papa now. yes, correct. Papa I think, he, yeah, I think it is Papa Shack. Um, if that's what you're getting your pizza from, you're really not going to even notice the difference when it's, co- it's, it's just, it's just pizza. It's, and that's fine, right? Like, I want to make that very clear. M- middling pizza is still fine. What's your preferred reheating method of pizza? There is a right answer to this. Um, I mean, if I owned, a, I would. I mean, I, I would love to own one of those big pizza ovens because I mean, okay, that's, sure, I mean, that'd be wonderful. That's, talking about here, but that's the that's why you love going to an actual pizza place and like getting a well, couple we can of agree slices. The problem with reheated pizza is the flimsy crust. Yes, it's well, it's there's a it's, way around, but that. it also dries out the sauce. There's a way around all of this. What? Cast iron. Well, okay, fine. You could do it that way, 100%. Throw but it on the ma- cast but iron, majority cold, of people just it. don't. If you're eating cold pizza, the majority of people just don't want to put that much effort into it's it. It's really not that much effort. You just don't want to wait. Yes, correct. That's the idea. You just want to eat the stupid pizza. That's the way it goes. Let me eat this stupid pizza immediately and and get it over with. That's the thought process. Do we want to rank these? We can do this quickly. We can just make this our list. Okay. We can do it that way. That's it's it's less of everybody else. And then we can get on to um, Kyle in the kitchen and. All this. Definitive Power Rankings are also brought to you today by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right, so... Let me be honest. My number one is probably mac and cheese. Uh, Baked mac and cheese, of course. Not like easy mac, even though it's still pretty good. But like... If you had craft, it'd still be tasty. Um, I that like a mac and cheese casserole. Here, I'll let I'll let because right now you're up against it. I I don't know why I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna let Jack have a voice here. Jack, uh, uh, John and Little Rock is the only person who's come out strongly. I mean, w- the, except for the guy that said pizza. Uh, the only other, the only secondary vote we currently have is both John and Little Rock and I have both said sausage as the uh, the winner on this list. Give me your vote for the top of the list. Mm. It's not like a specific food, but I do prefer Chinese food cold. Prefer? Yeah. 
You pr- you prefer it cold. Yeah, like I think it tastes better the next day than like when you eat it hot. Like the sauces get thicker, everything gets I don't know, tastes different. I, you know what's funny? I like I definitely had quite a few hangover oh, Chinese sure. food breakfasts, right? Like it, where I was specifically what I was looking for the next morning as I was like, I really want some I think Chinese there are food right some now. Some certain dishes I'm like I don't think lo mein gets any worse. But cold. I think it's the pasta concept. I think it's it's got to be a noodle base. No, I think that the general chows, the, 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 I, that sort I, of thing. It like goes back to yeah. the rice. It's the the rice is well, the, the rice is separate. It's in a separate container. You don't need to do it both. Normally it's a one Chinese food container full with the chicken well, it depends, with the broccoli. It d- depends. If you went to the Chinese place the night before, you likely mixed up all I'm your food together. Here, though. I'm talking about That's delivery. a different conversation. Is That's an though? utterly different How conversation. Because we're talking about leftovers. There's leftovers delivered Chinese. We never had leftovers. We yes, and when you Chinese when you delivered. order Chinese food, you typically put it all together the way that you want it. You don't typically leave it in the separate containers. That's I not normal. The then you are a site. You are Howard Hughes. Are you peeing in the bottles when you get Jack, your back Chinese me up here. food? You're you're leaving it in the containers and you put it in the fridge, aren't you? Yeah. But th- what did you do to make your Chinese food when you had it the first? I put night? it on a plate. You put it on a separate right, plate. Correct. But together. Every- yeah, yes, but, but not all of it. Yeah, but what you so put you're on saying the, uh, this is a very unique circumstance where you didn't eat all of it. Where you very, just I'd say it's a common circumstance. Where you, Isn't that where how leftovers you, you, No, where you prepared to not eat all of it is what I'm saying. Where well, you planned to not eat all of it. That's a very different circumstance I would than say that's leftovers. More of my mo when it comes to Chinese food. It, you order I, so much that you're not going to eat over it. That's even not, if I, there's a little we're bit of guilt about, involved if I eat an entire container of General Shaw's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> there can be. I don't know. That's not this. That's not or low that, yeah, Same that's, story. That's not biblical everywhere. Same that's story. Not, that's not biblical. That well, I, I, I tend to order a large. I'm not getting the small. I mean. Okay, I mean, I hear you. I, I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference. I hear you, but I still think that most people, the majority of people, when the concept of leftovers is, I had a plate, I didn't finish it. Here's what's left. That's the con- or you're making it right, and it's all made together. That's the thing. The way I'm that you want it prepared. Maybe, maybe you're talking I'm about a really crazy, unique but I'm circumstance. Not, I'm not putting all the leftovers in one in one container for even if I make it cook it at home. What? I put the chicken in one. I'll put the broccoli in another. I'll throw it in the fridge separately. I'm not going to put it all in one Tupperware. It depends how much you I mean, I would serve, but you're also not serving for a group of people. You're only making it for yourself. So that's also part of the problem. I'm arguably a group of people. I understand what you're trying to say, but you you alone are concerned about what you like. When you're talking about serving for a family, you serve the meal as it is prepared. That you prepare a certain dish and then you serve it that way. And then the leftovers are. That dish going back in, you can't separate. What do you now. do on Thanksgiving? But Thanksgiving doesn't involve rice, Chief. I mean, I mean, take, I'm you not even talking about rice right well, now. Well, but this is the reason why I can't put Chinese food at the top of the list is because the rice I leave is the a rice problem. In the, I uh, understand. The I understand what you're saying. You're talking about something that's very unique. It's a very unique circumstance to ordering and saying, "I'm going to plan to not eat all of this, so I'm going to keep this amount of rice separate, so that I don't have it mixed I mean, in no, with it's everything not even else." Like a concerted plan. I think you're saying it that has like, to be a plan. Otherwise, you wouldn't be or doing I just this. Get full. What if you just get full? If you, again, if you put everything together to make a meal and then get full, you can't then separate the rice from what you have. Do you put like you the rice and put stuff on top and mix it all together? Yes. Is that your move? Well, not, I don't know. It's to mix the rice on top of it by 100% oh, yeah. put the Chinese food on top of the rice. I'm more of a Chinese food than a bowl man. Well, you can do it on a plate too. It doesn't matter whether it's a plate or a bowl. I'm not mixing it. I all want together, my butt. That then you're then you're a child. No, I'll just take a little scoop of rice, stab some chicken. 
take a bite. I, I want it as it would be served. That it, if a real person, n- there's no actual Chinese people. family that would be serving it that way. They they wouldn't do that. How many real Chinese families do you? I know? do know quite a few real Chinese families. I'm not as close with them as I was once upon a time, but 100% know a lot of real Chinese families. They're not serving you three different compartments and saying make your own bites. They're serving you a meal. It is prepared. This is the way they want you to consume it. That is that's a heritage thing. It's the same way and same way that Italian food would be served, and the same way that Indian food would be served. They want all of these things together. They want you know those what's flavors not together. Great cold. What? It's still tasty, but it's not as good. We have this by the way did not help us bring no, Jack into this conversation. Egg foo young. I do like egg. I, I, I'm, Underrated I'm, Chinese I'm, dish. I don't disagree with that. It is quite good. But it's better when you heat. This, you di- this, this didn't help us no. in determining Maybe a number one. we should give one. him like a binary sort of options here. Like what would well, you no, rather? because now John is backing out, and John's saying, I went back on meatloaf as my number one. So now we've got nothing. We, we, are, we have nothing to work with. We don't have two votes for anything among people that we actually care, whose opinion we actually yeah, care yeah, about. Yeah. No offense. Like some of, the, some of you that are fly-by-nighters that I don't think are actually listening to the show that just responded on Twitter, your votes do not... We do have multiple pizza votes, but they're from nobodies. They're from people who, un, un, no offense, whose opinion don't matter to the subject, that don't get to determine who, what our standings are. So amongst the core group of people, we don't have two similar number one votes. And for what it's worth, I think I have to make a point in saying that I consider mac and cheese and pasta to be separate here. I understand what you're saying. I think that would force us to then separate spaghetti from other pasta as well. And I don't care for that. I think we almost have to lump in all noodle-based dish, dish, dishes together in this conversation. It complicates things. It does complicate things. You're not wrong about that. It complicates things. Look, I am uh, morally opposed to pizza being number one. I'm morally opposed to that. Um, I am... All right, I tell you, here's what we're going to do. You rank your top five. All right. Piss. Brian Powell gives another stupid vote to Meatloaf. Oh, son of a bitch. I think you probably did that just for chaos. I hate you, Brian, pal. I just want you to know that. I hate you. Oh, by, uh, by the way, I'm going to start reaching out to people about collecting uh, uh, the, the Drew money. Tim, Tim from Bel Air, we said two bucks per um, uh, par. Yeah. He went ahead and made it ten bucks per par. Tim, you're a wonderful human. God bless you. I'll start reaching out to the rest so of you. So you're saying I can't just make mac and cheese different? Because I truly love mac and cheese. It's the only real pasta dish that I crave. That's a, I almost that's a consider weird them separate. That's a really weird because bit. I consider it soul food more than I do Italian food. Well, I mean, it is. I don't right. disagree with that. But I think that if we keep do, if we separate all noodle based dishes, we're going. This list is going to go on forever. Like, I mean, this list will go on eternally. I don't think we can do that. I think we're we're forced to consider all noodle based dishes together. But I think there are differences. In oh, for God's sake, rank them. All right, just rank them however you want to rank them. For F's sake, I don't. My God. I, this is insane. And we're going to see we're going to see what your list looks like, we're going to see what my list looks like, and then we're going to go from there and see if we can't come to a consensus about what our top 3 should look like. Stupid meatloaf. God, I hate you guys. Why do you have to Why do you have to be this way? Why you got to be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? Why you got to be so rude? I'm going to marry her anyway. Oh, you know what? I didn't thought about this one at all. What? It's a it's a breakfast food. I love leftover eggs. Love them. Love leftover eggs. I don't really like... What? I don't normally have as many... Yeah, it's it's rarer. I don't yeah. disagree with that. It's rarer. Part of this is having kids now. That's like... There are there are more things that come back. Like if we go out for breakfast, there's a lot of things that come back. Well, we, oh, your answer was... Chi- I did like Chinese food. Yeah. I did like that. Um, 
not like a very specific, not like a, a whole like fillet or like a New York strip, but like if it was like sliced steak. cold steak, I actually don't mind that at all. Nah, it's a yeah, that's it's, a no for it's me. Just it's just too much it's, better when it's yeah. Hot. It sucks out a lot of the flavor for me. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Fat, the fat's got to be rendered, yep. you know. Yep. I don't mind it though. All right, I mean, it's, like, it's still tasty. All right, I've got my five. Do you have your five? I'm trying to really put together this last part. And of we got to do this quickly because you know it's not bad. What burritos? I don't think they're. I don't think. I think the. And this goes back. I don't think the tortilla holds up cold. I think it becomes a. I think it becomes more problematic. And the the sour cream gets a little congealed in a nice way. And like. I mean, that's fine. I just don't think. I think a burrito bowl would be more likely to be. Again, you got the rice problem. Eternally, there's a rice problem there. I don't. I disagree with you about the burrito thing. Chili isn't too bad when it's cold. You're, you know what? You are right about that. Chili is not too bad when it's cold. That's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. But it is also difficult when you're doing that bit that you do. We you, do our baked beans, by the way. What's that? Baked beans are pretty good cold. I, I agree with all these things, but I also judge it too on can I grab it with in that moment where I'm just desperately hungry going to the fridge. I don't also want to have to go get a utensil either. I, I just want to be able to. Action. No, I don't. I don't want to have to. I want to be able to just grab it and eat it immediately. That's the yeah, way it chili, goes. Chili's not that. Then. Nope. Definitely not that. Not an option for chili. Do you have five? Yeah. All right, give me your five to one. Mac and cheese. Okay. Sausage. Mm-hmm. Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Pizza. Mm-hmm. And meatloaf. Oh, you're, now you're trying to sow chaos, you son of a bitch. It's only because, like, I know it's well, you, good. By the way, you went one to five. You didn't go five to one. You're right, I did. Yeah, you went one to five. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, it's still good. Like, I like a cold meatloaf sandwich. All right, let me see your... Give me, give me your... Mmm... Sausage. Sorry, sausage one. Sausage one. But mac and cheese by itself needs to be two then. That's fine. I'm fine with mac and cheese itself too. Meatloaf three. All right? Meatloaf three. It, it, there's too many votes from, from John and from Brian and all that. There's. I'm sorry. I don't want it. I don't, it's not at the top of my list either, but we, got, we can't ignore the people. We can overrule the people, but we can't ignore them. So we're going sausage one, mac and cheese two, Although for what it's worth, when I have leftover sausages, three. I'm still the type to put it you, in a bun, wrap it in yeah, foil. I mean, you're really, you're really going for wrap it. Wrap it in foil. You're really going for and it. Throw it in the toaster. I'm, you can do that. It's just you don't need to. I get it's, it. It's totally good. All right, so we need to finish off our list. Um, Chinese food's gotten a lot of votes. We're going Chinese food four. And then let's go. Fried chicken in there. I mean, want to do that? Yeah, we got some votes for fried chicken. Do you think it's five? I th- right now we're dealing with spaghetti. Um, I mean, you need some iteration of chicken on there because it's all good. You think you think it's higher than spaghetti though? I don't think it is. But it's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm not yeah, the is, one to judge is, I'm, the I'm, pasta I'm, like that. I'm going to I'm going to make the ruling. Spaghetti five, fried chicken six. Boy. I guess we got to put wings on because there's enough votes for wings I think out we there. We could do fried chicken and make that the, the wing. No, because there's too many votes for wings on the table. I mean, look, they're not bad. I'm not going to pretend that they're bad, but it is tough. Wings. Like, one thing I don't like, not that I don't like, but when you have a nice heated wing yes. that's still got retained its moisture and all that, mm-hmm. the flats, very easy to get all the meat out. Mm-hmm. When you're doing it when it's not, like the, the fat itself is not going to pull off the bone the same way, you know? end up gnawing at it a little bit, and it's not quite as enjoyable as an experience. John wants a vote for latkes. I mean, they're tasty in any context. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I'll but touch it's just I never have them. You know? it's never I'm going like to put them on the list. We're, we're two away from getting to 10. We're at uh, n- 9 and 10. We had uh, somebody. We have a couple votes for... Oh, we haven't even put pizza on the list. Pizza should be five, probably. All right, I'll, I'll live with that. I don't like it, but I'll live with it. 
pizza will be five. So it bumps everything else back down. And we need one more for the list. We got turkey was was on. We got a couple votes. Stuffing. We got stuffing on there. Oh, you want stuffing? Yeah. All right. All right. I'll let you have this. Stuffing is number 10. Yeah. All right. So that's our list. Got it? That'll be up at glennclarkradio.com a little bit later on. Can Jack do that? I don't think he can, actually. <laughs> what is it with you? What are you trying to get rid of your responsibilities? Partially, yeah. That's not, that's not a good sign. That's not good for anybody. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by this one's brought to you by Sports and Social MD, where they are raising the sports bar. Ooh, love Sports and Social. If you haven't checked it out yet, it is an amazing place. They're bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising that sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Kyle Bernovich is going to join us from the Bowie Bay Sox. He's been hot lately. We'll talk to him next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms 
but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but Let's try to touch on Young Utes right now before we talk to Kyle Bernovich. Young Utes, I, mean, I guess I do to do this. What would Peter Bjorn say? I can't whistle that rapidly, I just realized. Young Utes brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, because if anybody knows Young Utes, it's Stan the Fan. If you missed it this week, Jim Palmer joined Stan on Monday night, and uh, Kevin Rocklitz, vice president of the Ravens, was with him and Gary Stein on Wednesday. Both shows available at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and at pressboxonline.com. You can go watch them right now. As always, Stan's show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors, and apparently this coming Monday night, both Boog Pal and Rick Dempsey together with Stan and Ross Grimsley. That'll be Monday night for that show. All right, uh, what do you got going on? If we have to break it up, we will. All right, that's fine. Um, so there's a quarterback. He's a he will be a senior in high school. His ah, name, yes. Yeah, his name is Quinn Ewers, I believe. I believe. I that's think correct. that's how you pronounce yeah. his last name, Ewers. And this kid has been talked about as the greatest college prospect in the last decade or so. He's been compared to Trevor Lawrence. He's been compared to the, the top guys yep. coming out of high school. And he's kind of in a little predicament right now in terms of if he should return for his senior year of high school or skip that and become eligible and, and go to Ohio State and then start earning money through NIL deals. And Well, he made a mistake already with Ohio State. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting because this kid is, once he is eligible to earn money, is going to earn hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars, probably will beat out Bryce Young in terms of money generated for, like, off the NIL. This kid is going to be something special. I mean, he rips the ball, got, like, everything you need. He's got the personality. He's got the looks for it. Like, checks all the right boxes in terms of, like, making money off of yourself. And... He's kind of he's stuck right now in terms of if he's going to go back to school or not. And I mean, I'm I'm how old is he? Let me, let me this is the part that I didn't I, like. I saw this story floating around on Twitter, but I didn't do it. Of course, of course, it, they would call in early. I didn't do any work on it, so I, I don't know. Like, I think he's 18 years old. So if he's if he's already 18, that makes it more of an understanding of like you know i i could just go ahead and 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 start this process i'm yeah. i'm already 18 years old so like you know that if if he was younger than that right like i do think that in order to like fully be prepared for the college experience it's that's tough for someone at a certain age but if he's already 18 i get it like i i get it it's it's weird i mean like do you need to be 18 for an IL? 
you don't have to be no. So couldn't he? Well, it's a rule in, in Texas. Uh, yes, in the state that you're like in. The high school Correct. you can't you can't generate any money. And off so of somebody yourself. would say, why don't you just go find one of these like prep schools right, exactly. somewhere else that year. needs a quarterback and go there, and then you can profit off of yourself and get one more right. year of high school ball. But it's a it's a it's a broader conversation. If he's this ready. Like, why, why not? not? Yeah, right? Exactly. Like, why not? Why, you know, we saw 13-year-olds winning gold medals at the Olympics <laughs> in skateboarding, right? Like, if you're ready at a certain age to play, football is just a more physically demanding sport than other sports are, and it's easier to understand why you would think someone might not quite be ready in order to do that. Now, presumably, if he were to do this, he wouldn't be, you know, he's not going to be playing no. because Ohio State's got a quarterback, right. So that's the other part of this is like if you're not gonna be playing, why, why, why make the jump? And the answer appears to be entirely about the Money. ability to profit off of your name. And so in that case, doesn't it become a better idea to go to a, to just say I'm going to leave the school that I'm at, go find a prep school somewhere um, well, that needs a quarterback a deal, for one year? He would be year. able to make money off his autograph. Right, but he can't. Except that he's at Ohio State. I mean, if you were this big, right, of a I understand, but he wouldn't be Trevor playing. Lawrence, if you were the next Trevor Lawrence, if he was that hyped, it's not about. It's about you don't want to go somewhere and not play. You want to be on the field playing. Well, you'd be one like, year closer to the NFL. Uh, potentially, I mean, like, but, but no, you have to be a certain age. The NFL three years removed. You have to be from three years removed school. from high school. Yeah. I don't know if they have an actual age limit. So yeah, I mean, I get would get you one year closer to the NFL in order to do it. But I think that most guys would rather be competing. And on the field, it's an interesting. I there, it's 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 this is an unknown, right? This right. is a bra- it's a new world that we're entering into. I don't know what the correct answer is for for someone like this, and I certainly can see all sides of the argument, right? Yeah. I certainly get it. I I don't think that the logical answer is to just keep playing at his high school in Texas. I don't. Um, I don't think that makes sense for him. If I was in his shoes, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta really take that into consideration and, and really think to yourself: if I sit, if I if I play one year more and I yep. graduate high school, I'm missing out on you know however much money for that one year when I when I could you, even if he doesn't play in college and just goes and trains, he's got better coaches at Ohio State, he's got better players around him. I, I mean, hear you. I hear you. No there's doubt. both sides to it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if high school will eventually... Oh, I, I think um, it's the state of Texas needs to, to maybe revisit their uh, their, their thought process yeah. uh, kind of quickly uh, yeah, for something so. like that. But he's, he's in a but his, but his buddies his can go down and get a job at the Tasty Freeze, so <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. All right, we'll get back to Young Utes here in a little bit. Let's make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Uh, our next guest has been hot, and really, he's been great all season long. Uh, he's now made, uh, I think, six starts at Bowie. He, uh, after starting the year at Aberdeen, he is pitching to a sub-one whip between the two, about a 2.5 ERA. It's been really good for Kyle Burnovich, who joins us now here on GCR. Kyle, it's Glenn and Kyle here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on. Dude, can you take me through, like, everything leading up to this year for you? And obviously the the world being weird, but you having not had the opportunity to pitch, like, you know, competitively in some time, how were you able to stay so sharp and so focused that the results have been this good since you've arrived in Baltimore? Uh, I think, you know, during COVID, I think uh, the (laughs) – the ways I got creative in throwing bullpens and just sort of going about my, my work at home. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was shut down during that time. And, uh, you know, I would throw bullpens into like a tire. And so, you know, you, you have to get pretty imaginative no on, doubt. on how, on how, you know, 
you kind of go about that and make sure hey, it's not really what you know, was mediocre. the wait, wait, I need to know more about the tire situation. What was behind the tire? Was it just like out in the middle of nowhere? Uh, just the net. No, okay. was, right. we, yeah. we have a, uh, a mound that my brother used to use. I think the mound's actually older than me. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I just took it outside and went down to some old tire shop and the guy was uh, happy enough to give me a, uh, an old tire and that was my catcher. Was there any, um, like, uh, real, like, far bounce back if you just hit the tire? Like, was there a record? I hit the house a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, Rutch is a better target. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just, you know, getting creative during during COVID and, you know, how to go about the business. And, you know, I think now that we're in season, the ultimate thing is just, you know, you have to compete no matter what. Um, you know, there's no – nobody feels sorry for, for you in COVID and – you know, you got to come out and be able to pitch, and that's what's expected. So, um, you know, I think what also has really helped me is being around such good talent. I mean, this roster is just loaded with, no doubt. with great arms, and uh, so is the league, you know. So I think that's what's really helped me and sort of given me some drive and, uh, you know, helped me stay competitive and sharp. I mean, you know, it's it's remarkable to see what you've been able to do, Kyle. The let me let me the goals, like what you're trying to do. So I I guess the dumb way of asking this question is, why did you only go four innings last night, right? Like it seemed like you pitched pretty well, and we've seen you go a little bit longer. Are you? Is it a pitch count thing that you're working with for the rest of the season? Is is this is your first full pro season? Um. Yes. I mean, last night I was not efficient at all okay uh, you know last night was really one of those nights where you know it's all just about competing you know some days you just go out there and you don't have a feel for for you know your normal motion your mechanics whatever it may be and those are the days you just got to compete and that's what that was for me okay. so you know yesterday I had a really high pitch count um you know I had two walks two hit by pitches so it just wasn't a it wasn't a clean night, you know. Ah, I, um, I, I didn't see. I didn't see the hit, I didn't see the hit by pitches on the the score sheet. I'm like, man, he only gave up two hits and two walks. So for, that's not. That's a. That's pretty good. That's a one whip, and I didn't know about the hit by pitches. How did you yeah, feel? Yeah, no, it was just a. Uh, you know, like I said, it was one of those days where it just wasn't efficient, and you know, they happen. So it's just one of those days you just got to compete and. And and, no. it, and it seemed like you did that, despite right. the fact that you had six guys on base. You only allowed the two runs. You often right? hear like people say, "Those are the days that really are the measurement of great pitchers." Is how you perform when you don't have your best stuff. Were you were you satisfied, other than the hit by pitches, with how you fared, despite you know struggling a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a um, a good test for me. I mean, for me and pro ball, I don't, I still don't have a whole lot of experience. You know, this is my first full year, so to be in that sort of situation was was good because you know, ultimately that's what the minor leagues is all about is challenging you with, you know, every possible outcome. And for me, I think that was a great, um, sort of, you know, example of that. Like I didn't really have control of any of my stuff and, um, I still had to go out there and pitch and, and keep the team in the ball game. Cause that's, you know, that's your job as a starter is just to keep, keep the guys able to win, you know? And, um, so I was happy that I was able to, and, um, you know, I'm really happy that we have some studs out in the bullpen that were able to come in and, and back us up and get us to win. How much of a help is Rutschman in a situation like that? Like, what kind of encouragement does he give you when he can tell that you're still maybe struggling trying to locate? He's good, man. He's, um, you know, we have a good relationship, and we actually, you know, we've known each other since 2018. So, um, you know, between the conversations between him and Ramsey, the pitching coach, and, um, 
you know, Buck, everything is just, you know, it's good. It's very professional and, you know, everybody's very helpful with everything that's going on. Kyle Bernovich is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. The Bay Sox are on the road for a little while. They'll be back home on August 10th for a week-long series against Richmond. That includes a koozie giveaway, includes six flag ticket giveaways, and all sorts of great stuff, a matinee game, a play hooky from work day, and a pirate princess day. You can get your tickets by going to baysox.com. Um, Kyle, to stay on Richmond, I think we've all been kind of like really we're interested by the conversations that he has with you coming off the mound at the end of innings, and he does this with every pitcher. So um, let, me, let me start with the serious part. Was it strange for you at first to like have your catcher walk towards you at the end of an inning where you're like, whoa, what is this all about? And and, and what does it do for a pitcher? How how helpful is it to have that interaction immediately coming off the mound? Uh, I mean, I, I like it, you know. it's Because um, ultimately what it is is, you know, at the, at the end of that inning, you know, especially yesterday, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, there, there's a lot to digest and um, – to you know sort of think about and figure it out for the next inning um and so you know as an example for some of those conversations a lot of it is just you know hey do you have this pitch inside you know because at the end of the day he does have that umpire right there behind him so you know he is able to communicate with him and get some feedback on stuff and you know just pitch selection you know like um do we want to throw this to this guy um he seemed to be on time for this you know, they're, they're sort of game plan. Um, they're just quick, and, you know, a lot of times they're fun. I mean, I think it was last week when we were at home in Bowie. I shook him off uh, twice in, like, the, the back half of the inning, and, you know, I came off the mound, and I'm like, man, if I wasn't so hard-headed, I wouldn't have given up the hit. Because as soon as I shook him <laughs> off, I gave up the hit. I'm like, dang, you know, we're just sitting there laughing and having fun. So I, that was He fun. doesn't pull the Crash Davis and tell the guy uh, what you're throwing if you call him off, does he? <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, you know, a lot of it's just fine. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, if, if I feel like I have more conviction in something and Rutch is really good about this and, you know, we talk about this a lot is, um, you know, you got to throw with what you're most comfortable with. And, you know, a lot of the times, especially him, I mean, he's such a great hitter too. He has a great idea of, of hitters' approaches at the plate and, you know, he calls a great game. So, um been a lot of fun this year so what i've been really trying to find out from guys is what's the moment like you know maybe you have a tough inning and you're expecting like some some hard baseball analysis and then he comes up to you and says something like you know have you seen the goofy guy with his shirt off like have you had the moment where you're expecting one thing from him and he goes a completely different way when he comes to meet you at the mountains uh yeah i haven't had that moment okay Normally i'm the one right. that's like uh like yesterday i think i walked off the mountain i was like man <laughs> Good thing that inning ended. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're playing baseball. So, yep. it's has uh, got to have fun with it and enjoy the moment because at the end of the day, we are, you know, we're really fortunate to be doing that. Oh, no so. doubt. No doubt. Kyle, you, you reference, you know, the, the whole of what's going on at Bowie, right? And, like, all, all of this group of guys. And, and you came into this organization from the Angels, obviously, in a trade um, but being at this place right now with so many guys getting so much attention and performing well, and I'm sure you've gotten a sense of what it all means to this fan base and, you know, you know the struggles of this organization at the moment. Can you put into words what this entire experience is like specifically since you've arrived in Bowie? Yeah, um, 
I mean, since I've been in Bowie, it's been awesome. It's been, I mean, just like I said earlier, the talent, uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible. You know, you get to watch, you know, G-Rod throw one day, and then you get to watch Ophelke the next, Bauman, you know, that, like all these guys in the pen. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And, um, you know, the the Orioles fans and Bowie are awesome. Um, just everywhere we go to, it seems like there's there's always Orioles fans. So I think for me, that's been really cool. Um, and, you know, I, I never really had an MLB team growing up, so it's been really exciting to sort of be a part of one um, and, you know, be around that fan base. And since I've been in Bowie, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, the, the sort of team building we have going on here. Um, you know, there's a lot of great guys in this team. And, you know, I wish I could go through and list them all off. Yeah, I mean, sure, I get it. They're all very well-deserving. Um, and so, you know, I think the biggest thing here is just that we do have something very special um, in this organization from top to bottom. Um, and I definitely think this is going to be a organization that's going to be fun to watch for you know, for a long time. All right, so tell me more. You say you didn't really have, um, like, like a, a, a team growing up. You were born in Cincinnati, but you ended up in Georgia, and then you went to college at E. Like, what, what's what's the background? You know, how, how, how did you end up in all the various places that you ended up? Yeah, so I think I've, oh, man, I don't, <laughs> it's either seven or eight states I've lived Holy in Holy smokes, man. Um, it, but I'm, I'm kind of a mutt. <laughs> is, is, is it a military thing? Uh, no, it's my dad's in the car industry. Oh, okay. So, all right. And so he just took us all around and, um, I mean, I, I never had an issue with it. I, I always liked it. It was like normal to um, you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, I like it a lot and, um, you know, I think it's, it's a perk in many ways, um, getting to experience a lot of different places and different people and it's all across the country. There's a lot of different personalities and I think that's something that sort of helped me in pro ball because I mean, it's the I same mean, way in pro ball you no, this guys is, from all over the world this is your life now right like you never know the way that you've already been traded once right like, yeah exactly you, you have no idea where you're gonna end up at some point of all the places yeah. that you lived what food did you like the best mm. oh um man <laughs> i don't know that's a tough one i'm right now i'm 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 living in florida now and I'm I'm really hot on. We have a, a farmers market down the down the street from our house. Okay. And my my mom and I will go down there and then we'll cook some crab cakes and those are mm, and it's mm. I know it's kind of oh boy I don't know because I know yeah oh boy personally I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and start a debate that our crab cakes in Florida oh, are are really close stop. up there with wow. the ball. Stop! Stop! Wow. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, I'm, we like you. Why would you do this? What are you why, doing? This is no, why did you is why did you wake up and choose violence today? What what was the thought? Since process? I've been in Maryland, I've noticed there's there's three things, and I've I've talked about this with uh, <laughs> Ryan Conroy, who you know we both went to Elon together. Yeah, and uh, there's three things that in, in Maryland. There's the crab cakes. Mm-hmm. The state flag mm-hmm. and Old Bay. Yeah, and that's it's, it's check, check, everywhere. check. Correct. Correct. <laughs> you, I would imagine you don't even include Old Bay in your crab cakes in Florida. No, I don't. That's that, that, no offense. They <laughs> suck. Dude, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> By the way, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's it's uh it's cool to see because I mean, like I said, I, I lived in California for eight years. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, tons of variety out there. Um, and then Georgia for like another seven. So 
to give one food is is so tough. Um, but you know, it's and I think a lot of it too, though, with with the crab cakes in Florida is the process of getting it. You know, we ride some bikes down to the farmers market. My mom and I take take the puppy, and you know, it's a cool experience. I, I, okay, I, I can I really appreciate I can appreciate that. Like it's a it's a neat thing. You for guys your could family. still make Maryland style crab cakes, though. <laughs> you can still make them better. One hundred. You can still have that time together. And actually do it the right way. Like, that is an option. By the way, what you're alluding to is why um, gift-giving is so easy in this area. Like, you wait, like a week before Christmas, you realize you forgot to get a gift for someone. You're like, oh, I'm just literally going to go buy anything that has the state flag on it, and we're good. Like, yeah. Yeah, is, I, can't imagine, I is, can't imagine my family's white elephant if we lived in uh, <laughs> Maryland. It's, it it's be not a it's lot not of a, Old Bay. It'd be, I, I, I own multiple scarves that are Old Bay or state flag scarves and they're the best gift I got that year. Like, that's just <laughs> the way that it works. And it's not even a bit, like, the last-minute gift that you got from someone legitimately could be their favorite gift that they got the entire year. <laughs> and you literally got it the night before, and it was just generic. It had nothing to do with them. You were just like, oh, they'll like this thing. I'll get them a, a knit hat that has the flag on it or, uh, you know, a, a natty bow, and, and that's it. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Yeah. You guys are very passionate about the uh, the flag, and it's, well, it's cool. It's, it's really cool to see an entire state rally around, um, you know, really uh, – I was going to say one thing, but it, it is those three <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, it is, and it's unique. I, I would no be doubt. less yeah. offended if you said the state flag sucks than I am that you said Florida it, it crab cakes are it as is, good it is, as Maryland it is crab tough. I don't, I don't know how we're going to overcome this. <laughs> and, 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 and to my defense, I, I've grown up basically – my whole family's from Florida, so I've been – pretty much down there you know visiting for for weeks throughout the year my entire life so um i gotta i gotta stand up for for some part of have we have (laughs) have like you been out for crab cakes since like i know i'm i can't i don't want to look at them google i don't want to look at them i don't want to look at them have you been out for crab cakes since you've been like have you have you given the proper opportunity to understand why we care so much about our crab cakes i have i uh I went to a place down in Baltimore. I was, um, man, I'm forgetting the name of it. It was a blue building down by Fells Point. Thames? Um, maybe. To- it was like, maybe it was like Jimmy's or something. Oh, I don't know. Jim- I if to- it was Jimmy's, that's pretty significant. That's not, it's not quite a Fells proper. Yeah, not really Fells, but like Jimmy's is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not very familiar with the area still. Um, I get that. I- and I. <laughs> I was just walking through and, you know, I asked some security guard to go, Hey man, I need to get some, some crab cakes home down here. You got a place for me to go. And you recommended that one. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was really good. I mean, I will say the crab cakes. All right. Here All right. We might, we might be able to, we might be able to salvage this, uh, between <laughs> us. We might be able to do it. Kyle. It's, this is tough though. This is taking quite the turn. Everything. <laughs> We're so excited about you and how well you've been pitching. And all of a sudden you just wanted to throw gasoline. You just wanted to light the match and walk away and watch the world burn. dude. <laughs> I don't know what to make of you. Uh, but before I let you go, t- you're, are you like completely not on social media at all? Are you like the one human being that's utterly avoided social media in your life? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was on social media all throughout college, and um, I really it was just up until this season. Um, yeah, for me, I just found I got caught up in social media and um, wasted a lot of time uh, just looking at my phone. Um, so for me, I, I I think I've done a really good job about it this year of 
you know, finding other things to do. So when we're in these cities, you know, wherever we go, getting out outside and, you know, checking out a lot of these places and, um, you know, just getting out and uh, not getting wrapped up in social media. That's and, great. You know, it's one of those things that's to each their own. So. Yep. Oh, um, respect it. Yeah. Once, it's, it's once a, the season's over, I'm sure I'll end up getting back on there. But it's helped me a lot with, you know, focusing with, you know, everything on the field and letting the stuff off the field. You know, that stuff's going on, but, you know, I don't have to, to be a part of it or, you know, digest everything. It's so, a cesspool, man. You um, are so much better off. You are so much better off. I wish yeah. – I'm jealous. I wish I could join you in getting no, off the social media. It's, uh, it's tough, but – it's funny. I tell everybody, you know, I even tell my girlfriend, I'm like, man, you should try it. It's awesome. Like, I love uh, it. And, uh, she hasn't sold out to it yet. So. Uh, <laughs> like Instagram. I, I wish I it's it, at one day I'm going to, it's going to be the happiest day of my life where I just say, I don't care. I don't care. I don't need it in my life anymore. I can be done with it. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Yeah. Well, it's count- awesome. Cal Burnovich, I tell you that we really enjoyed this. It was but fun like, up until a certain yeah, point. Yeah, it was like yeah. we, we, we like 60% enjoyed it. Yeah. And then the rest you of it. You had to go and slander yeah, our heritage. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> um, what we have been enjoying is, is, is seeing you pitch, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. And we did. We did enjoy the conversation. We just have some trouble. Uh, we're just going to have to deal with that. Uh, Kyle, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. We want to make sure everybody gets out and sees the Bay Sox before the season is over. Again, BaySox.com. Uh, Kyle, continued success to you, man. Looking forward to catching up with you again. Thank you so much for doing this this morning. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Kyle Bernovich. What the hell? What the hell happened there? Dude, everything was fine. We were just having this good chat and enjoying it. And then he then he decides to, to choose violence. Oh, did not care for that whatsoever. Uh, don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797. Or go to C3America.com for your free analysis. We got to go. Uh, th- th- hang on, Jack. We'll get back to you, I promise. And we still got to do Kyle in the kitchen. She got away from us. This got, what happened here? This got away. You know what? It's Kyle Bernovich's fault and the crab cakes. Uh, well, that, the power rankings fault. that didn't help. You're right. That didn't help. And we decided. I was gonna. I was like. I rolled it out. I'm like, ah, we don't have to do it. And then we started talking about it. And then we had to do it. It's just a whole thing. All right. We'll um. We'll pack everything in before the show wraps up. Uh, Ravens uh, continue at training camp. Still, obviously, no Lamar Jackson today. Won't be any Lamar Jackson for a little while. Uh, tomorrow, the NFL Network is going to be doing a day-long special, um, and they're going to have reporters at every training camp, and our next guest will be in Owings Mills with the Ravens. Mike Garofolo is an NFL Network reporter. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Garofolo. NFL Network is providing 13 hours of live back-together Saturday training camp coverage starting at 9 a.m., and uh, he will be out there with the Ravens. Mike Garofolo with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. You got, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Obviously, the big story in Baltimore is the guy that's, that you're not going to see, of course, that being Lamar Jackson. Have you gotten a sense, Mike, for how this situation is impacting locker rooms, teams, like the guys that are, the guys that aren't vaccinated, the guys that are – like. Have you gotten a sense for what a storyline this could be going into the season, this sort of internal issue that exists from team to team? Well, I think it's, um, 
You know, I think the I think a lot of the players do understand um, if a guy feels a certain way. Um, I think it's more coaching staffs and front offices that are front frustrated. Um, they feel like let's just you know get the vaccine and move on. And I've heard the word "stupid" be thrown around. Um, look, I'm I'm vaccinated myself, and I had no hesitancy about it. But you know, I I, I do understand guys that you know have have a certain belief system and uh feel a certain way and you know maybe maybe it's because I'm not a coach that has to you know depend upon the availability of certain key players um but uh they are frustrated and yeah. they are wishing that every player would just take the vaccine and this way they know that they'll be operating under a certain set of circumstances because you know listen obviously with Lamar my understanding, and nobody's really clarified his vaccination status, but my understanding is nobody's expecting him back in the next couple of days, right. um, which would mean a, a 10-day window for him to, to kind of uh, be sidelined before he comes back. So um, if that happens during the season, that's potentially two games, um, and that's what they're frustrated about. So, oh, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's – I. I I, I really don't get a sense that, you know, the players who are vaccinated, I'm sure there there are, but the players that are vaccinated are looking a certain way at the unvaccinated players. Uh, but, I, you know, if, if it leads to guys missing time, then, then that might, or missing time when it really matters, then, then that might change. What, what has sunk in with me this week, Mike, is that they're going to be rostered. You know, like I think a lot of people have talked about the idea of players perhaps being at risk of getting cut because they're unvaccinated and there's the availability thing. But I think there's a secondary part to it, too. Like, the, the Ravens maybe went into this thinking they were going to carry two quarterbacks on their roster and they don't want to give a third roster spot to a quarterback. Well, if your quarterback's not vaccinated, do you have to maybe think about carrying a third roster spot for a quarterback? Like, do you, I, there are going to be teams that seems are going to have to make roster decisions based on players' vaccination statuses. Well, there's no question that that's going to be uh, a factor. But, uh, you know, the good part is at least – this time the onboarding process for players who are vaccinated is a lot quicker. So you can sure. bring a guy in, right? Yep. So if you've got a guy uh, that's been with you through camp and, you know, now listen, he, he may, he may wind up somewhere else. You yep. run the risk of that. I yep. mean, anytime a guy is not on your roster and you can, you can keep him on the practice squad as well, because they're still going to have extended practice squads this year uh, as part of the, the COVID adjusted protocols for teams. So, you know, it, it gives you a little bit more flexibility and, and you're going to see a lot of teams doing that for sure, even if their guy isn't, uh, or excuse me, is vaccinated. Because with this Delta variant going around, and the number of players and staff members that are fully, po- uh, excuse me, fully vaccinated who are testing positive, yeah, uh, it's something that you're going to have to think of even for the even for the guys who are vaccinated. Yeah, they can return quicker, and yeah, they've got some protection. But you know, this this whether it's the variant or whatnot, it, it is sneaking through from time to time, and it, and, it, and it could jump up to bite you at a time where you need a key guy in a key spot. Mike Garofolo is with us. He will be out in Owings Mills tomorrow all day long for NFL Network. Mike, obviously, look, if, if the, Lamar Jackson is healthy, there is every assumption the Ravens are going to be a very good team and they're going to compete with um, you know the top teams in the AFC. They have fallen short now in three straight years when we, they got to the playoffs. What to you is the biggest difference for this Ravens team in getting over that hump and being able to beat the best teams in the AFC when they get to the postseason? I mean, it's it's definitely been what they've been talking about for a while, which is more multiple uh, on offense and, and, and stuff that you've got. Listen, it all fits together. I mean, you've got J.K. Dobbins yesterday talking about, I'm going to be mentioned in the same breath as 
Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, these do all running backs. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, sounds if, good, right? If, we'll take it. If yeah. That, <laughs> but if, if that's the case, then that's an element of the offense uh, that they haven't had. I mean, they haven't had a running back since Lamar uh, took over, catch more than, I think, 26 balls was what Ang- Ingram had yep. two years ago. Yep. Um, so that's an element of the offense that you would add. Okay. And number two, if Rashad Bateman comes in and Sammy Watkins comes in and these guys can be vertical threats and, and, and threats to the outside, it's not just vertical, too. It's, it's outside, outside the numbers. Make your defenses stretch all the way to the sideline. Be worried about what you can do in the passing game out there. Um, that, then that's going to be an element that they've got to worry about. I mean, you know, I, I, you go back to Lamar middle of last season talking about how defenses are calling out what we're doing and we – they, they feel like we're predictable. That's just the, that's the death knell for any offense. I've never heard somebody say that, and then all of a sudden the offense is still clicking. It, it, it's, it's, it's a dead giveaway in this league uh, that things are not going smoothly enough for you on offense. You need to make adjustments, and that's what they're trying to do here. But do you expect them to be drastically – like, I, I still – my gut tells me no. they're still – yeah, they're going to run the ball a ton. Like, I don't of course. Think, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're going to be drastically I mean, different. I, you know, you're not going to go away from that. Right. You're not going to yeah, – it still is your strength, yep. right? It still is your strength. But when you get in the third and long or, you know, down in the red zone – where you can kind of stack, you can, you can you can tighten things up in the middle and say, hey, you're gonna to have to beat us to the 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 pylon uh, and out back to the corner of the end zone. Um, no and doubt. Then just on third on, on on third and on third and eight, can you make the throws that you've got to make from a traditional uh, a, a passing game? You know that needs to happen as well. So it's it's um, I, I I agree with you. I think you're still gonna see some misdirection type stuff and some unique looks that you're going to see from their running game and what they can do with Lamar's legs. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the eye test. It's the eye test. I mean, I still have defensive coordinators saying, hey, we are going to play uh, on the hashes with our safeties, and we're going to tighten that up, and we're going to have to say to them, you're going to have to beat us. All the, you're going to have to make our safeties run if mm-hmm. you're going to beat us in the passing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get. Why wouldn't you be doing that? Of course, it makes all the sense yeah. in the world. Uh, Mike's out in Owings Mills today, as well as tomorrow, as we mentioned for NFL Network. A couple things, real quick, Mike. Uh, wh- where are you with expectations as far as Lamar's contract is concerned? It seemed like there was maybe some momentum to it getting done before the season. I, I don't know if we're yeah. still feeling that at this point. Like, where are you as far as that getting done and what it might look like whenever it gets done? My understanding is that um, they have, they were hopeful it would be done by now. Um, because they've got a few orders of business, Mark Andrews being another one, and I know they really wanted to to check off Lamar to really understand, you know, how much that was going to cost them, and from a yep. budget standpoint, where they're going to go from there. The other thing is, uh, you got Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, uh, who are in the same ballpark. My understanding is, I, I don't believe that Josh Allen is getting a deal anytime soon. So a lot of times, these guys are kind of looking at each other, saying, "Well, do I want to go first, or do I want to wait for him?" You know, I. I I just had this uh, uh, recently with the, with the linebacker deals, Fred Warner and mm-hmm. Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard wasn't going to move until Warner went. You know, so Warner's done. Now you might see Leonard get done. You should see Leonard get done shortly. Um, so a lot of times these guys in the same position are looking at each other around the league. So that might have an impact. Um, you know, if you're Lamar, do you want to take something? I mean, listen, the top of the market right now, throwing out Patrick Mahomes because that's a 10-year deal. That doesn't count. Right. The top of the market is $40 million a year. Does he want to come in under that, you know, a couple ticks below that, 
all right? And then all of a sudden these guys maybe in a year might jump that, and now he's looking, you know, it's this is all the stuff that he's got to figure out personally because he doesn't have an agent. I know his mother is involved in the situation, and they do have some kind of consultant. I don't know exactly who it is, but somebody else is involved. All I know is to this point, um, I think the Ravens hoped that there would be more progress in talks, and I don't sense that there are, that there are right now. Um, and anything you could tell us about Chandler Jones? It's a name that's that's interesting. I mean, look, it, you know, of course the name is going to be interesting, but a lot of people think that there would be sense there when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. I I don't see it uh, happening. But anything you can tell us about that is is something going to happen, or are the Cardinals hell bent on saying we're trying to win right now? We're we're not getting rid of Chandler Jones. Uh, well, they say that, and then you know, well, listen, they also said Josh Rosen was their quarterback. That's fair. That's fair. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go with that, but I mean, they, they, they are professing that, Hey, this is our guy and we want to uh, hang on to him. I'll tell you what, they, they, they get rid of him. And they don't replace that. I mean, this is a defense that really needs to step up. Uh, Cause you know, offensively, they're going to be good. The, the question about whether they're competitive as a team is, is if that defense can show up. And if they take that element away uh, by trading him and not getting something in, in return, I, they're, they're basically asking to all be fired. Because uh, it, it is a make-or-break season uh, in Arizona, from my understanding, and, yeah. and, and they're 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 clear about that. They understand it that the owner's patience is wearing thin, um, and and they need to take that next step, especially after they fell apart in the last two weeks of the season last year. So my hunch is he stays put, uh, but uh, talk to me closer to the start of the season. All right, all right. Last one for you. It can only take a minute. Uh, if you were a betting yep. man, the jersey that Brett, or sorry, the Brett Favre. See what I just did there. Aaron Rodgers will be wearing in 2022. Will be <laughs> probably Denver. Probably okay. Denver. I, I don't think he's with the Packers. I think they move him after the season. Now he doesn't have that language in there that a lot of people thought he was going to have. Uh, but I think that, uh, that 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 they realize the team does that. You know, he's back there. He'll play well. I don't. I don't think that. Everybody went, you know, everybody I talked to uh, that had mentioned to me the last couple of months, well, how are they going to come back from this? It's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. Well, it was awkward and uncomfortable last. <laughs> right. Okay? Like, and he was the MVP, <laughs> and they almost made the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I don't I, – I, you can play through hurt feelings if you're as good as Aaron Rodgers and as talented as the Packers roster. So um, I think they'll be good this year. But, you know, to answer your question, you know, right now I'd put it in Denver, but – you know, who knows? I mean, listen, the Eagles might be looking for a quarterback at this point next year and some other teams, uh, you know, who knows, Carolina. I mean, I could, I could yep. give you a bunch of teams. Yep. So. We were, we'll see. We were Definitely playing that game line. a little bit this week, no doubt. At Mike Garofolo yep. on Twitter is how you follow him. He's there today and, of course, tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. Back together, training camp coverage on NFL Network. He's out in Owings Mills with the Ravens. Mike, really appreciate you squeezing us in for a couple of minutes this morning, man. Thank you for doing it. You got it. Mike Garofolo checking in with us here on GCR. Um, some interesting stuff in there. You know, the Ravens had hoped to have it done by now. It's not done. Again, I that's not dramatic to me. I've said before, all along. I, I don't think there's any world in which a deal's not happening. What the priorities are for a deal and whether what he's alluding to, Lamar's camp says, look, we want to see someone else's number before we commit to a number. I get that, right? Like, but... It could be everybody standing around playing chicken, right? Like Josh Allen's camp should be like, could be like, well, I want to see what Lamar's and Baker Mayfield's numbers are before we commit to a number. Somebody's going to have to be the one to jump. Um, I just don't think it's that big of a deal or the end of the world that even if they wanted to have the deal done by now, that it's it's not done. I don't think that's a big deal. I probably line up with uh, Mike that that somehow the Cardinals are going to have to make it work with Chandler Jones. That I just. 
I think it's far too significant, that situation and needing to win. And I think there's got to be an intermediary thing they can do to, if they don't want to commit to a long-term deal because of his age, and I understand that, to give him a little bit more money to pacify him for a year because they have to win. So I, I do try to tend to line up with that. Um, and, you know, I, I hear what he's saying about, like, the Ravens. What I, I'm all for the idea of being more multifaceted. And alone, to me, Rashad Bateman is is the story. Mm-hmm. That's not that, – you know what? I'm going to strike that. The offensive line to me is the first story. I think even if the offensive line struggles, Lamar Jackson can overcome that to an extent. Sure. And well, that's heard why that the Ravens' offensive line is perhaps less complicated than others for what they ask. Correct, but I still and I'm people still were suspicious that Orlando Brown was as good as he I, while rated I, and graded. While I hear you, I'm still concerned about well, that. It also is tied into if you're going to be passing the ball more, then you're presumably asking them to do a little bit more. Also, if, if you're changing well, I mean, how you're I, approaching, right. and I don't and I don't really and, know if that's true or not. Well, it right? takes less like, time. It takes a little bit but, more time. What I'm saying for is, I don't know if it's true they're develop. going to be. I don't know if it's true that they're really going to be passing the ball more. Well, they're gonna they. It would stand to reason with the additions they've made at wide receiver I, that they have desires, or they just want to be better when they want when they throw. But the, I mean, done this of a million threatening times. the bo- outside the numbers more. I uh, the way that's that they what throw I'm talking the ball. about. Okay, that requires a little bit more time in the fine. pocket. That's fine. I hear what you're saying, um, but I am I am concerned about the offensive line. It's just that I think they're uniquely suited to be able to overcome whatever issues they might have. And I think they're going to have issues. Like, if if you're one thing that I think is going to be a storyline early, I said this all along, the Villanueva thing never made a lick of sense to me. It doesn't make any more sense to me now. That concerns me. It would help if Nick Boyle's back and healthy alongside him. It certainly would help. There's no debate about that if he can be back and ready for the start of the season. Left guard concerns me. This bit we've done where because Ben Cleveland is is a, a million feet tall and six and, six one. Thank you, Kyle. Where he looks like uh, a Braun Strowman, the professional wrestler. We've just decided that means that he is definitely ready to be a high level uh, offensive lineman on day one of his career. Is not a bit that I think is particularly smart. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but I think that's going to be a concern. I I think there's going to be more there than other people do. All right, before we take the final break, let's finish Young Utes, and then we'll do uh, Kyle in the Kitchen after break. Young Utes also brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, we got number one. That was uh, the U- U- Ewers, Ewers, Utes, Young Ewers, Utes, Utes. What's number two? <laughs> um, the uh, the second thing is, I think it, I believe it was yesterday actually. Kelvin Benjamin on the uh, the Giants. So uh, showed up to camp, little out of shape. That's kind of his mo. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems like he's just like a lazy kind it's a of guy, guy. It's a guy that I always believed was going to be a thing. I really thought he this was, guy was his rookie. Season. His rookie. Yeah, season. I mean, he was. Yeah, right. It was, it was, a beast. It was outstanding. Um, he was a guy I really wanted in Baltimore when he was coming out of college. He was he was special that fresh that uh, that that rookie year. But uh, anyway, he yesterday I believe it was yesterday he got into a, a little. It was two days. Ago. Two days ago. Two days yeah, ago. he got into like a little heated exchange with uh, Joe Judge and uh, the GM Gettleman. Um, basically they, I don't even know how to put it. They, they basically were fed up with him and coming out into camp a little overweight and they asked him to go to like, I think, I believe it was 250 and he showed up at like 265 or something like that. And 
claimed that his rookie season he dominated at you know 265 pounds as a wide receiver and now he switched to tight end for the Giants and they asked him to lose weight and he was kind of kind of puzzled by that whole entire thing so then he uh showed up to training camp and probably set a record for fastest in and out with yeah. an organization of all time. I think he lasted maybe five hours with the Giants. So kudos to him on that. But you never really, no matter who it is on a, uh, no matter what player it is on a team, you never really want them to come out and just bash a head coach, so, regardless of, of so who they he are. He called it. Uh, the the weird part is he used he described his experience with the Giants as being a hoax. Yeah. So cause, th- that was in response For to... everyone knows, the media couldn't stop talking about <laughs> Calvin Benjamin in the Giants' uniform. It, it, it's it, publicity like, all I was, left and right. I'm, I'm admittedly confused, right? Like, And what I'm specifically confused by is... by the, and, and a lot of people got duped by a fake Twitter account that um, said that the reason why he was getting cut was because he was stealing food from the cafeteria. <laughs> and that, f- that flew all over Twitter. A lot of smart people got duped by this, this tweet. I'm... I'm confused by kind of all of this, right? Like you you know what you had in Kelvin Benjamin. Now, if they really if the guy really just has the type of attitude that's toxic, right? Like that that you just can't Britney Spears, you know. Certainly. If he's if he's got the snake around, oh that was mm-hmm. slave for you, that wasn't toxic, that wasn't was it? The one where she was in the red one, wasn't it? The red Spandex yes, outfit. this red spandex was toxic. The motorcycle? Yes. What a Correct. what a time. Huh? It was quite a time. <laughs> it was definitely a time. There's no doubt about it. Um I, I I guess I get it, but at the same time, didn't you know that before now? Right, right. I mean, they, like I think they expected Calvin Benjamin to not come in and be an elite tight end. I mean, they, he probably he had a long shot to even make the team. It, it is weird that you would cut like it, when you have such a good blocker in Evan Ingram, you can afford right. to just right. have a guy. I, I, I there's got to be at least some question to like did 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 somebody say something to him and then he used some language. That just can't be overcome, well, right? Yeah. Like, like those are the types of things. That's the only way that I could fathom somebody getting cut. Well, it, he had said that it seemed like uh, Judge never really wanted him there, which is I, which right. is kind it, it of was odd. The GM I mean, he's the head coach, it was the like, GM that had wanted him, and that yeah. So I mean, the whole from it did it didn't seem like it was it was ever going to work with what they with I, what I mean, the guys on the job. He's, 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 he's a marginal game, player, yeah. so right. like it probably doesn't deserve this much, you know, like conversation. But it is weird. I don't no, disagree I don't. with that. It's weird. And then he just went out and absolutely unleashed about Joe Judge and, and basically said he horrible coach, cusses at everybody, doesn't really lead by example, is unwilling to we listen. We all know coaches never cuss. That's true. <laughs> he's unwilling true. to No, uh, to no coach that has cussed has ever been successful. That's everybody knows that. And, and maybe he is right. Maybe he uh, won't win a Super Bowl with the Giants. I don't know if anybody could win a Super Bowl with the Giants, I mean, but he he made it. He made well, it clear they, that the Giants he is, have won some Super Bowls. <laughs> not with not with this roster. Not, well, yeah, not with Daniel Jones. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But you know, I mean, yeah, it it's, it's certainly not a great look for them. There's no. no doubt about it. And it probably it's it's used by fuel. I'm sure for some Giants fans who think that Joe Judge sucks and thinks yeah. that the Giants might not know what they're doing. And well, he was one of seven tight ends that they have to start training camps. So. Number of tight ends. That's quite a few tight ends. Yeah. Although I feel like the Ravens have had some seven tight end scenarios over Maybe the years. Maybe seven tight end camp. sets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, um, so it's kind of. Both about the NBA. It's like two things, but they're both pretty quick. Um, so the first one for the NBA, they're finally going to kind of buckle up, buckle down on the fouls that these players are drawing oh, on, the they, yeah. on the offensive end. So, I mean, I, I'm not— Bad news for Chris Paul. Or James Harden. Yeah. yeah. James Harden's going to lose out on probably 15 points a game in terms of all the, the free throws he gets. But— 
you know, it's a good thing that the NBA is doing because I, I struggle with this. I, I, I'm not like the, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest NBA fan. It kind of, because especially we don't have a team in Baltimore. Well, because you're more of a highlight guy. I get it, right? I mean, right. I, I, I'll. Big three guy, you know. Yeah, big three. <laughs> watching every Saturday <laughs> afternoon on No, CBS. like I'll, I'll tune in and I'll, I'll watch just like for the sheer talent that is being, being sure. displayed. And it's fun to watch guys hit 40 shot, 40 footers and effortlessly. But it's also really aggravating to just sit and foul after foul after foul i mean everything in the nba is a foul for christ's sake it is just so so aggravating to watch especially in the last few minutes we saw it in the playoffs we've also seen and this is this is where i struggle with this they were allowing um, this is not me saying this is why the bucks won the finals i want to make that very clear they were allowing the bucks to maul defensively this was one of the most physical finals i've ever seen in my life no, they definitely let them play. with what they were allowed to get away with and so while i hear you that like the foul thing is frustrating fair, Devin booker also got away with some stuff too he got away there's no not I but know, not it's it a different stuff, yes yeah. it's a different type of thing that we're talking about um he also got called for one of the most phantom fouls and it, it completely changed the series right like the series utterly changed one of the most phantom foul calls i've ever seen but again, that's not. I'm not. I want to make this very clear. That's a little salty. Not, I I am, but it's not why the Bucks won. I'm trying to make that. It's not like a. Oh, the Suns really won the finals. No, the Bucks won. Very, very. But that thing you're saying, I understand. But at the same time, I'm I'm watching. There are tackles. There are, if, like there are wraps. There are bear hugs. There are. There is. It looks like a um a corner kick sometimes. What's going on for? And it was unique. The Suns are a driving team, like they're a, a driving team in comparison to a mid-range team in comparison to a shooting team. And the Bucks are too, so it was unique in that way. But I hear what you're saying, and specifically, I get the someone who's not really shooting that is only tossing a shot up because they know they've got somebody hung up. You don't like the idea of them getting rewarded for it, right. but at the same time. If you it, don't yeah. call it, aren't you rewarding bad defense? Well, no, it's a little bit of a double standard, right? It's rewarded, and the, the players do it more because it was rewarded, but they do it before it was rewarded, right? Like, are you seeing the increase of it because players know it's going to get called, so do you just kind of need to dial it back in order to make the game... Well, that's what they're saying they're right. going to do. Like, they're do you saying... think it was influenced by the international struggles? I, I, I don't know, but... they it... are called differently. I hear you, but I'm saying if a defender is off their feet, if their defender is in a bad position, what we're saying is, well, this guy wasn't really shooting, right? He was just, he saw that the defender was in a bad position, and so he pretended like he was shooting in order to get foul shots. And that's what they're going to take away. But the defender still has to be in a bad position to begin with. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying we're not going to call this anymore, you are allowing for a defender to be rewarded for being in a bad position by saying we're not going to call the foul. A difference between like there are it's a little bit like you know it when you see it to an extent when there is good faith from the offensive player and when it's just them gaming and trying to just like when but they just But it does it still lean has with their to, yeah, shoulder see guys I like, understand but it still has to involve the defender being in a bad position. I get it but you could still go up straight and do a normal shooting motion instead of just flailing into the guy in the air. Okay, but it's still, the defender's not in a good position either way. And so if it's a foul, it's a foul. But like, there's, I think there is, could be a distinction between how you as an offensive player treat it. Well, it there's going like to have to be, because they're saying they're not going to call it anymore. Like, you're not going to do it. But you know if, a, like, you know if you're going to get fouled because a guy is jumping and in the air headed right toward you. So if you just go straight up and shoot, I kind of think that should be a foul. I don't disagree but with the that. the issue that is, 
you know, apparent is when these guys are, like you're saying, not even really shooting. I understand that, but it doesn't. Leaning in. The defender is still in bad. I get all that. The defender is still in bad defensive position to create it. It's still on the defender. But sometimes right? it is an aggressive closeout, right? Like for a situation where like the leg kick on a three-point line. Well, that's a different. That that's a different for, thing. Right? That's like, a different thing. That's not this. That's a different you're talking thing. Talking about pump fake. I'm talking specifically about a defender who's in a. Ba- it's not always a pump fake, right? A lot of times it's just a. Def- you're starting to go one way. The defender goes the other way. You realize the defender's in a bad position, and you can draw the contact, right? Like it's about prioritizing. These players aren't trying to shoot. They're trying to get contact. Yeah, it's an unnatural shot, the way they do it. Correct. Like literally going like, if your momentum's carrying you one way, you'll still right. find a way to and go they the just, other way. And they then, just right. toss a ball up in right. order to get the shot. And I, I understand. Yeah, that should be eradicated. We don't, I, that's the, while I kind of agree with that, it's still bad defense. But like, at least rewrite the rules for how a shooter has to act in order to get that foul. Don't reward them for the blatant, you know, Leaning. I, I I understand what you're saying. I and I'm, I know I, it's easier said than done. It's way easier said than done. And at the end of the day, there we're still talking. The reason the shooter started doing this was to point out that the defenders were in bad defensive position. They forced the officials to recognize that. Now we don't like it. So what do we do now? And the answer should be foul on the floor, right? Like the answer should be to the intermediary. It should be. Is we're not giving you a shooting foul when you clearly weren't you wouldn't have been shooting in this situation. We're not doing that. But I don't think it shouldn't be a foul on the floor either because the defenders are clearly out of position. They're clearly not making a play. They got duped in one way or the other or they slipped whatever happened, right? I don't think it should be a no call and allow the defenders to get away with that either. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, in, in some cases with the the new rule, if uh, the guy shooting jumps into the guy, it could be an offensive foul. And that's which that that seems really that seems like to a me. bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not. It's not like anything out of the out of the ordinary. I mean, that is. And also recognize that there's a lot more shooting in the NBA exactly. from you know than there were. For and that's just been like sort of adopted. That kind of style of play has just kind of naturally taken over yep. the NBA. So I mean. It's going to be difficult for the refs to solve that problem because what what t- what one ref may deem that as a, no a legal call, the other one may not. And yep. if you're not going to call it on a consistent basis, then how are the players going to know what to do? And it gets into a little a little sticky situation. But I don't know. Hopefully, the refs will be able to kind of get a grip on things and and kind of call everything the same because like we saw in the playoffs, the playoff basketball is nothing like the uh, regular season. So these players are going to be thrown for a loop but hopefully everybody can you know just adapt and not draw as many fouls and just play basketball just just simply just play basketball i it's that's an evolving concept you know what i mean like it's an evolving concept to me but i get it i get what they're trying to do and i get that it's that that, uh, there have been a lot of them that have just left you shaking your head like dude come on what what is that but I I think it's easier. I think it's something that we want to have cleaned up, and what we don't realize is there's more elements to this than the just somebody trying to get a phantom foul. It does also have to involve the defender making a mistake. All right, great job uh, on two Utes. we got to grab one more break. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, the games are going on right now in Tokyo, and you bring your kid to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, they're getting their own gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Kyle in the kitchen, tidbit tubular. We'll wrap it up for the week. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Here it. Watch out! 
For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew. Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. I thought you were just walking out in the middle of the show. All right, winding down for a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Before we get out of here for the week, we need to uh, go into the kitchen with Kyle. Let's do that right now. 
It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. Ten current, former, and future Baltimore football superstars will be there. The Hall of Famer Lenny Moore. Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, and more. Get your tickets right now. There is a $350. You can get your tickets for like specific players that you want to meet to get pictures and autographs. You can do that by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Or there is a $350 ticket that will get you your pictures and autographs with all 10 of those Baltimore football stars. Again, great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight. What you do in the kitchen this week, Kyle? Made a little veggies, some asparagus to be precise. Okay. I'm, uh, I've said it before. I do believe that the preeminent method. My son just tuned out. He's sorry. He's, he's out. Well, he's maybe out he'd on like this. these. I don't think to he trick would. him into thinking it's not asparagus. I assure you, I have tried. The preeminent method for preparation of vegetables in general, but particularly asparagus, green beans, broccoli, is, in my opinion, uh, is roasting. It's not. It's on the grill. Roasting on, is on better. The, on the grill for asparagus. Jack agrees with me, it seems. You, you're talking to a 20-year-old. Roasting. No offense. The man does not know He this. lost a lot of weight. That, so did I. Not as much as Jack. Uh, well, that might be true, actually. So, roasted asparagus. Now, the trick is you want them to retain a little bit of bite, as in you don't want them to be mushy. That's nope, how you make people hate asparagus but you or also, vegetables in general. You need them to be cooked. It's a fi- it is a fine line. Not as fine as you'd think, but yes, I know what you mean. 425 is the perfect roasting temperature for vegetables, for most things, for what it's worth. 425 is a good number. Gets you nice and crispy, but it also... Everybody knows I'm more of a 420 man yeah, myself. Of course. So, the method we're talking here, you know, when you get asparagus, you got to break the ends off or, like, cut the ends off to get the char- like the woody, you know, more sinewy portions. I don't want to hear about your woody. i got to be the honest with you. more sinewy portions <laughs> not, of the not asparagus Not a conversation off. I'm looking to have here. So, you know, you're going to get them down and just use a little chef's knife and just chop those puppies right off. Yep. After that, line your baking sheet. This will be a quick segment, so you're welcome. Line your baking sheet. With tinfoil, parchment paper, your preferred, you know, covering substance. Yes. Spread out those asparagus so that they are all touching the pan. You don't want them overlapping each other because the goal here is to get a nice little browning action and maybe get those crisped at the uh, florets, if you will. Lay them out in the pan. Drizzle some nice olive oil over them. Not too, too much. You don't need to, like, get them drenched, but enough to have them, like, coated to an extent. I don't know what your face is for. I'm a vinaigrette man. They don't do the same thing. I know, but I'm a vinaigrette man. You need the olive oil to you, render you the need, stuff and I get them the to be I need the olive cooked. oil on the... All right, we'll talk about this later. So, this is this my segment, now. not yours. I know. Put the olive oil on, some salt and pepper. I used some sea salt, a little cracked sea salt going action. Some black pepper as well. Mix it all together, get them nice evenly coated, spread them back out so they are all touching the bottom of the pan, at which point... You're going to get some Gruyere cheese. Mm. A little little brick of Gruyere you got in your drawer there. Yep. Shave it. Shave it over top the asparagus so that they are all... Use, uh, using a feminine razor. No, I Go have get a the wonderful one of those uh, stick... Yeah, those, those, are, those, are, those, are, good. those are good. Those are good. Easy to clean, too. Yep. So, shave it over. You want them to be not like, you know, covered with an inch of cheese, but you want them to be cheese on mm-hmm. all the asparagus and mm-hmm. as much of it as you can. And if you get some on the pan, so what? It's delicious afterwards also. I don't disagree with that. Shave it over. Get mm-hmm. it nice and nice. Nice and nice. Throw it in at 425 for, frankly, like 10 minutes. 
Not much. Nine to ten. I prefer thin asparagus myself over the thick boys. I... The thick boys can be a little bit too... I, I do like the um, when you, you take the fork and you can on the thin asparagus and you go get like a bunch of them and yeah. you can just sort of stuff them in your totally. mouth. I do like that. But oddly, again, this goes back to my preference on the grill. When I'm grilling asparagus, sure. I prefer the thick, thick boys. The thick boys grill yes. better, but these are yes. different. This is roasted. Yep. The thin boys covered in your gruyere. Throw it in at 425 for 10 minutes. Again, you don't want to go too long or else you're going to get mushy asparagus. But you don't want to go too short because then they're still going to be a little... Not cooked long, right? Ten is about the sweet spot. Nine to ten minutes. What do we, what do we call fire ones. ants? They're spicy boys now, right? That's what we call. That's, we, what we, that's what we change fire ants to. So, after that, pretty simple. Hit it with a nice drizzle of lemon, half a lemon. Sure. Cut that, de-seed as much as you can. You're going to have a couple seeds on top of the asparagus. Just get them off. Squeeze it all over. Squeeze it all over. Squeeze it all over, and they are good to go. The image of said asparagus so it looks like solid asparagus. They're delicious. Absolutely. And it's a wonderful combination with the Gruyere, the lemon, the olive oil makes it nice and tasty and rich and sumptuous or unctuous, both of them. And all things considered, I will literally eat an entire bag of asparagus prepared this way. If you go to the grocery store and get asparagus, I will eat all of them happily. And then my, my urine will just smell yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, phenomenal from there. Um, I have thoughts. I'll keep them to myself because we are, it's twelve nineteen. Oh, you disagree with my methods? No, I don't. It's, it's fine. I just have other things that I would do. That's you got to try them. That's all I would do. Well, you didn't bring any in, so well, I can't do that. It wouldn't be as good. It, it definitely Cold not. Would not make definitely our power not right. on the list. Yeah. Definitely not on the list. All right, there you go. That's Kyle in the kitchen. Uh, we'll get that up with a picture and index card a little bit later on today. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments for two full years. No interest either. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tidbit of the day. So, speaking off air, we were about Madden ratings. A lot of them have been released. There Uh have been some disagreement from Ravens fans as well. Uh, I'll just give you the quarterbacks. None of them. I ranked 99 on Baltimore. I don't know who would have been the most likely. The top 10 quarterbacks, Mahomes and 99. I give you the quarterbacks. You got them? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Mahomes is a 99. All right. Tom Brady, 97. Yes. Didn't deserve that. Aaron Rodgers, 96. Russell Wilson, 94. Lamar Jackson, 90 even. Tied with Deshaun Watson. Uh, Josh Allen, 88. That's the first, like, real. Probably deserved to be at least a 90. Yes. Dak Prescott, 87. Ryan Tannehill. 87. He's a good player, but... Yeah. He also it would fill out the, the, the categories, I'm sure. His speed is probably pretty yeah, good and all that. And then Matt Ryan is still in 85. So Lamar Jackson at 90, perhaps some I mean, people might I, disagree. I mean, I mean there's all the, Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than... Matt Ryan? Than every... The, than at least the last three. Fair enough. Your opinion, man. I mean, come Marlon on, Humphrey maybe would have been the him or Ronnie Stanley perhaps would have had the best argument. Ronnie Stanley coming off the injury, probably hard for him to reach that yep. pinnacle yep. for being in the 99 club, but Humphrey only a 92, as he is actually four below Stefan Gilmore and below Tredavious White and Jair Alexander. I mentioned Mahomes prior. Did you know that Super Bowl losers are nine and 12 straight up? 
in opening weeks and five and sixteen against the spread in I week sh- one. I after sure losing. as hell did not know that. I'm probably still sh- bet on the shame. Chiefs. It's a shame the Ravens aren't playing the Chiefs in week one. Probably Play- still shame bet on the Chiefs two. as far as that is concerned. I mentioned Mahomes being a member of the '99 club. Yeah. My question for you: Which four other players join him? There's, there's five list. in this this year. Five members usually five, five or of six. the '99 club oh, this season. Who are they? Uh, Aaron Donald. Yes, number 99 is a 99. Is he actually number 98? I think he's number 98. Yeah, I think he's number 98. Right. In real life, no, he's 99. I think he's 98. You might um, be right. I think he might be 99. No, you're right. 99. He's 99. Yeah, 99. Yeah. How's about who else is a 99? Who else is a 99? Oh, Kelsey. Kelsey, indeed, is a 99. Jason Kelsey, of course, that is from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Oh, boy. If, if, uh, uh, it's... It's not Tyron Matthew, right? I saw he was like a 95. It's not Tyron Matthew. He was the top-rated safety. Yeah, I did see that. And Buda Baker was second. Um... And it's not any of the running backs, right? I think I saw that too. Oh, uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Some of this, admittedly, I, I, I did see these floating around Twitter. This well, then week. remember them. I know Devontae the Adams is the lone wide receiver. And there, it, last year was one. It was a cornerback, right? Indeed. It, it wasn't one of the guys you just mentioned. He's like the clear cut best one. I just know the ninety. I've been like watching, so I don't really want to chime in. I feel like it really oh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's uh, Jalen Ramsey, right? It is yeah, indeed. And this is a Ramsey. pretty poor illustration of Jalen Ramsey that they have here. Doesn't look anything like him. Oh, yeah, what is what is that? Doesn't look like Jalen Ramsey at all. Looks like Steph Diggs with a with a bump. Kind of does. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> but yes, those are the five. 99s in Madden 20. I'm trying to think if anybody has a really strong. All right, I don't, we don't have time for it. We'll just we'll save it for another day. All right, uh, Tibbet was also brought to you by the print issue of Press Box. Hopefully one day Talia Tungavailoa will be a 99 in Madden. He's uh, the quarterback of the University of Maryland, and we went in depth on him and the opportunity that he has. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, or read it all pressboxonline.com. Tubular brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Here's what's coming up this weekend. Totally tubular-wise, the Orioles and Tigers continue their series because it was on the schedule, so they have to do it. Matt Harvey and something called Tariq Screwball. Why wouldn't you just change your name to Screwball at that point? It's a like, fun name. He's a pretty good player. Why wouldn't he's if a you good say young so, pitcher? I, I don't. I don't. I'm not doubting it. He's on Stan's fantasy team. So oh, yeah. that's too bad. Seven o'clock tonight on Masson Two. Masson Two again tomorrow at six. John Means and Matt Manning. It's Matt Manning Day. And on Sunday, one o'clock, Spencer Watkins and Tyler Alexander. All those games on Masson Two. Gold Cup final is Sunday night on FS1, the U.S. and Mexico, 8.30. Of course, the Olympics all weekend. Uh, track and field has gotten underway. That's a big deal. The uh, U.S. indoor men's indoor volleyball team struggling a bit, hmm. struggling a bit. They lost last night to Brazil. They had previously lost to Russia. Not you know so I knew that. I know. Who am I telling? Uh, the gold medal tennis matches are uh, this weekend. Tonight, the uh, women's ma- – or overnight tonight – the women's gold medal match, Belinda Bencic and Marketa Vondrasova. And then tomorrow night, 
or overnight, really Sunday morning, is um, the men's gold medal match, which, as I mentioned earlier, does not involve Novak Djokovic. It's Alex Zverev and Karen Hatchinoff in that one. He's such a Karen. Uh, everything else, find it sports-wise, find it at glennclarkradio.com. It's, it's the Olympics and the Orioles and the Gold Cup. That's what's going on this weekend. Uh, anything non-sports-wise that d- deserves a mention? Uh, people like the shop, I think, right? I, somebody does. I don't. I, it's not well, my thing. Tonight, but somebody 10 does. Ten o'clock HBO. Yeah. I haven't watched the HBO show, The White Lotus. I think people have said it's pretty. good. I so. have heard that. Yes. Steve Zahn's in. I like Steve Zahn. Uh, he was in that thing Saving you Silverman do. Also. And he was also in Saving Silverman. Yeah. Uh, that's nine o'clock on Hibbo. But my friend John Sheck was in. Uh, not John. Not, yeah, John Sheck was in that thing you do, and uh, they apparently are the we the, the the when the Ravens were in the Super Bowl in New Orleans. They were like wandering down the street together, and people started like screaming out to try to get them to start singing the song from that thing you do. There you go. Yeah. Um, other than that, the requisite Showtime stars, all that stuff. If you've been watching it, you probably know it's already on. So check it out at okay. clarkradio.com if you are so inclined. Very good. Uh, all right. Thanks today to Mike Garofolo. Thanks also to uh, oh, Ted Cal- Lasso episode two also. Oh right, tonight, yeah. Yes. But I, I don't. I I'm, seen one I'm, yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting until I can get them all together before I sign back up for Apple. That's the way it's going to go. Thanks to um, Kyle Bernovich. Thanks also to Sansi Gabba. We'll get all that as well. Oh boy. As well as uh, definitive power rankings and Kyle in the kitchen up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Jeremy Khan. Irons and fires. Stuff and things. Awesome. That's what's coming up on Monday. Uh, the bat around tomorrow morning. Uh, I believe Paul is out, but I don't know who Zach's co-host is tomorrow morning. But they will yeah, be talking. Matt Pine in last week, I think, right? Uh, maybe, but I, I don't. I, I just that. don't. You might be right about that. I just don't know. I um, don't. No, I don't know tomorrow. I don't know I what the plan is. I get what you're saying. But I know Zach is here. So, so tomorrow morning, the bat around ten to noon. Um, check that out. They'll be talking baseball after uh, the trade deadline, which is this afternoon, and we'll see if there's any moves made besides Sean Armstrong, who has been dealt to the Rays. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Oh, by the way, we're going to do a new episode of Jobbing Out this afternoon as well, so that'll be up a little bit later on today. All of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great 8's Memorabilia, Sports and Social, MD, BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Young Jack. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio, on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go USA. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.